Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, but does take a little break for vacation. It's another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And we're back after a little bit of a hiatus. We'll, we'll get into that over the course of it, but I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. And it's good to be back, Zach. I don't usually like having breaks, but I feel refreshed. I've been down the Oregon coast and a loving day break and long-time listeners will know how much I love the Oregon coast. I would move there in a heartbeat. I mean, I still harbour this dream that there's going to be a USL, even USL 1 or 2 in Newport, call themselves Newport County, I get a job with them. If anybody actually listens to this from down the Oregon coast, probably highly unlikely, but if you are and you want to sponsor us to come down, offer us a job so we can move down and stay in Newport or Waldport or Rockaway Beach, get in touch. We'd love that. I'm already missing the sound of the sea. Mm. You could hear it from where we were staying and... We, we stayed three days in a hotel in Rockaway Beach, right on the beach, which we always stay in the same hotel, Silver Sands. It's a bit of a rundown hotel, but it's just beautiful setting. Then rented a place in Waldport for the week. Lots of seafood eating, lots of baked goods and coffee to be had. And I've come back all refreshed. So what about yourself in the last couple of weeks? What have you been up to? Uh, it's just a lot of work, man. A lot of work. <laughs> a lot, a lot of work. Um... Yeah, a lot of work. Well, let's hope this isn't too much work for us. No, to get no. This. We'll be back in the swing in no time. And originally, we were going to do some shows when I was away. I took my microphone and camera and everything down with me. And then last Sunday, I think it would be last Sunday, I was waiting for Zach to get in touch and then sent a message at 11.40 oh, yeah. that you'd oh, yeah. lost track of time. Yeah, so sorry about that. That's all right, because it's like I was tired. I don't. I think I'd fallen asleep just before you sent that message, so that was fine. <laughs> and then we were going to do it once I got back, and then you were sick. Yeah, I was not feeling And great. then I was going to do it with Har, and then Har got sick. And so there's, there's stuff going about. But we're back now, and th- there's a lot to talk about. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Whitecaps in the first couple of parts, and then we'll talk CPL in the final part. 
if we had recorded the show yeah. last Sunday, I think it would have been a whole different mood and tone for myself anyway, for sure. Yeah. And I'm going to call this episode, What a Difference a Week Makes. Good idea, yeah. Because it most certainly does. After that win against TFC last Saturday, I was cock-a-hoop. I was looking at the remaining games, looking at the other results last weekend. And the crazy thing is, the Whitecaps had seven games to go. If they won out, which was a tall order, but if they'd won all seven games because they were playing the top three teams, they would have finished first in the Western Conference. Mm. Even dropping a, a couple of points here and there, depending on what St. Louis did, they could be first in the, the Western Conference. But second was very much in their grasp. And I was already counting my 81 to 1 $10 bet. <laughs> what about what, what, what about your the little voice on the one shoulder? Yeah. Of, of horror, of horror saying, not They're never going to be four. top four. <laughs> yeah. I don't, know if, I don't know if that's a great impersonation of horror. My impersonations aren't great. Do you want, want to hear my Jamaican journalist again, no, Winston no, Davis? No, okay. no, no. That's my favorite impersonation. I, I, Personally, I think it's very good. Despite everyone telling me I should never do it again. <laughs> I, just, I just think folk don't have the same ear as me. Maybe that's what it is. But yeah, I mean, last Sunday, everything was looking rosy. Everything was coming up. Whitecaps and Vanny we trust. The Ryan Bryan connection was on fire, which to be fair, still is. Still, still pretty, pretty good. Then along came Wednesday, and that what I hoped was going to be a blip against Houston, and then that was followed up, of course, by defeat against RSL on Saturday. So we're going to get into to all of that. We're not going to delve thoroughly into to all the matches, but I do want to touch on all three, and then we'll focus more on the, the last game against RSL. Now, those two defeats have maybe changed their optimistic outlook because the Whitecaps have dropped to seventh. Now, it could have been a lot worse because results went very favourably for them this weekend. Mm. They've still got a game in hand over most of the teams round about them. That game is against Colorado Rapids on Wednesday, who are awful, but maybe showing signs of improvement. Yeah. So the West right now, and we'll delve into all the ins and outs and what this could mean, what that could mean, and where everyone's standing in, in the next part. But all we'll say for now is Vancouver sitting in seventh on 41 points. A win against Colorado catapults them into the top four. That is just how crazy things are in the West. I think this, the table notwithstanding, you you can I don't think Whitecaps fans should allow these two defeats to take away from what an incredible road trip this has been. Oh yeah. You know? I, yeah, I mean absolutely. Going into that game yesterday they had taken 10 points from 15. So going into the Houston game, they'd taken 10 points from 12. 
I don't think anyone expected them to, to go and do maybe as well as, as they've done in some of the places. I didn't think they'd get a win in Houston anyway. When we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I was saying where I thought the points would come, I didn't fancy us getting anything in Houston. Thought we could maybe get a point in RSL. Should have got at least a point in RSL, and we'll, we'll come to that shortly. But, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a good road trip, and if they can finish it with three points in Colorado, which you feel... They kind of have to now. It's one of those games that is kind of a must win. I mean, they're they're going to finish with 13 from a possible 21 on a gruelling seven-game road spell. And that's excellent. So I don't think people can be down too much. But the tiredness factor, this clearly looks like a tired team right now, and understandably so, even with that international break. For those who can't see Michael, he did not use air quotes on must win. And um, yeah, I, uh, I I think you're right. I think the um, fixture congestion has not been helpful. The fact that this is when the the Colorado match is rescheduled, it doesn't help them for. No, the, I think the, it's the... something crazy like seven games in 22 days before mm-hmm. that RSL game. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's what European clubs do regularly, but uh, they don't have the the, the travel typically even. Yeah. Even with this, the uh, you know the, a long Champions League trip or European trip, um, but uh, yeah, I think there I think there are signs of fatigue, and it'll be interesting to see how Vanny chooses to um, manage that. Mm-hmm. And then also, because you talk about the I think the importance of taking all three points from Colorado, I think there's a going to be a similar, if not maybe even larger expectation that all three points are taken from a uh, you know a not super great DC United side. Oh, at the weekend. Yeah. I mean that that has to be three points. It's a home game. It's Eastern Conference opposition not doing so well. The fat granny shaggers in town, Robo returns. You want three points from that one. Yeah, I think you need. Yeah. I think you need it needs to be a 6-point week, right? So I, th- I think it it would be easy to feel a little bit of doom and gloom after these two defeats. And I, initially I did after the RSL game last night. I was like, oh man, are they going to blow this? They were in such a good position. But as I say, things have gone in their favour. So they're still very much in the mix. And right now, I genuinely they could finish anywhere from 2nd to 10th. It's that kind of crazy Western Conference. But we'll get into that a bit more in the next part. Let's dial it back to the first of the three games that we're going to talk about. We won't get into this one too much. But Kings of Cascadia, Kings of Canada, stamping the Kings of Canada tag with a 2-1 win out in Toronto. Terry Dunfield, get over it, man. Vanny took his shirt off. Why was that getting all dragged up again before the game? It still was rankling Big Terry. Uh, I have no idea. Was he doing commentary when that happened? Or... I don't know if he was doing commentary or if he was involved on the TFC bench. Maybe he was doing commentary as well, but it still rankles him. And there was a oh, bit of needle when yeah, they were tier. building up all this needle tier. between him and Vanny. And it's like, it, it was a year ago. Get over yeah. it. Oh, yeah. He would have been on the bench then, right? Uh, um, yeah, I think, yeah, well, I don't know why you would engage in that. 
unless you're trying to deflect or take pressure off your players. Well, but... I mean, I think he, he totally is, and off himself. Now, going into this game, we talked about it, and I said, oh, this is this is very, very winnable. You'd be mm-hmm. looking at three points, and you said it's not necessarily going to be as easy as folk are thinking, and you were spot on there. TFC taking the lead five yeah, minutes good. after halftime. Good goal by DeAndre Kerr. Yeah. But not fantastic defending by the no. Whitecaps, which is not the first or last time we're going to say it. It was the first. But it's not going to be the last time we say that on, on the show tonight. But the, the Caps fought back and they've shown this time and again, they've got this fighting quality. They just This is a team that isn't giving up. This isn't like a Whitecaps at all that their heads go down, especially on the road. And then Tristan Blackman leveled it up six minutes later before... Brian White, a winner in the 66th, deserved win, good win, and as I say, everything was looking rosy at that point. I do want to say, though, Michael Bradley is not a centre-back, despite them trying to turn him into one, because his marking on White for that winning goal was absolutely shocking. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, uh, uh, he has played center back at various points in his career. Yeah, and I, know I think. He has, I, but correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that isn't part of the reason why they did that? Because he, uh, uh, because of their all their injuries and all their lack of options at that that center back. I think that was initially, and I I don't think he's been playing constantly at center back. I think he has been playing in the middle as well. I haven't been watching tons of their games, but. I've seen him play there, and the couple of times I've seen him play there, he hasn't looked good. Yeah, because I forget who it was, but someone was like talking about, this was after that, talking about Miami's visit. And someone tweeted something online. I was like, oh, yeah, Michael Bradley's going to have Messi in his back pocket. Oh, I think it was Blake Price that tweeted out about, oh, the Toronto players are going to be so excited to be playing against Messi. It's like, hmm. shows, shows, his, shows his understanding of the game. To be fair, some of the young guys would have been. It's like, they would have been like, oh my God, we're playing against Messi. Mm. I mean, if I was playing against Messi, I'd be stunned for one thing. I'm not quite sure how that matchup might happen, but who knows? Maybe. You'd be you'd be stunned and and uh, he'd be too uh, he'd be studded. Yeah, I mean that would be terrible. First minute challenge, I get a straight red and that's his career ended. I th- I I can see the hate mail coming in after my challenge, but what a way to go down in history. <laughs> what if I'd be able to get his jersey after the game? I don't think he would take kindly to that, Michael. Mm, maybe not. I don't, think he, I don't think he'd give you a kit for doing <laughs> doing him like that. We'll talk about Messi uh, in the next part, so obviously that's been a big talking point. It's been a few good talking points in the Eastern Conference that we'll get to in the next part. Sadly, though, let's move on to the Houston game. A 4-1 shellacking. I think the Whitecaps were lucky to get one, maybe. But, I mean, it started off, 13th minute, free kick from Herrera. Now, we know Brian White is great at flicking the ball it's like flicking headers. Maybe not when you're in a wall. You don't want really to do a little head flick there. <laughs> good point. Good point, yeah. And that was un- that was unfortunate, right? I, I, I mean, it was. And it just wrong foot attack Oka. 
can't really put a lot of fault in that. He was going one way, had nothing he could do for that. The second goal, though, I think there's a, a lot of fault to go around, is that the ball comes out to Dorsey on the right. He's allowed to just get in the box. There's two or three Whitecaps players around him, and he just unleashes a cracking shot into the far corner. It's 2-0 right before half time, and you're thinking it's going to be tough for the, the Whitecaps to come back in that one. Now, what I will say is watch the, the TFC game live down in Oregon. It was a lot of fun. Was travelling back on Wednesday, so couldn't watch the, the Houston game. Got back to Vancouver at 11.30 at night. So I was like, ah, oh, do I want to watch the whole game? I thought, I'll just watch the highlights tonight and then I'll watch the full game tomorrow. So dumped all the stuff out of the car. First thing I did, put the telly on, watched the highlights. Did not watch the full game. Good Mentioned choice. to her that that was what I did. And her words as well were, that was a good decision. Yeah, I was I was working in the evening, so I didn't, that night, so I didn't get to watch it uh, live either. And yeah, having watched the highlights, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I hope Michael's not going to say, this is when we need to go deeper. Yes. <laughs> well, the interesting thing watching the highlights is, I watch a lot of the MLS games and the highlights because it's just easier to get everything because there's so much going on and want to try and keep up to date with as much as possible. So nobody can sit and sit through 90 minutes of all the games. So they showed Junior Hoylet coming on at half time. And having watched other highlights, I was like, oh, Hoylet's <laughs> going to get a goal here or sent off. It's usually one of the two. And then. Didn't do either. So I guess they were yeah. just basically showing that he'd come on. Of course, they then showed the Houston subs coming on as well. And at that point, I just had this feeling of doom come over me. It's like, oh, you're showing Houston subs coming on now. Can't see both of them getting sent off. It's sent off, yeah. <laughs> and of course, they both found the back of the net. Franco in the 73rd minute, Ibrahim in the 84th. And yeah. It was not great defending all round. And I've just put the highlights back on again because I can't remember Franco's goal. So it's just coming up just now as I'm watching it. So I'll, I'll talk through this. We're in the 73rd minute and it's chipped forward. It's flicked on. Oh, yeah. Acres of space. No one yeah. picking this guy up. Centers it. No one picking him up on the run either. Oh, boy. Yeah. I knew it was a bad goal defensively and I couldn't totally remember it, so I just wanted to stick it back on again. Franco just runs in totally unmarked, and I don't, can't remember who got the assist, but he's in acres of room as the ball comes out to him on the, the left-hand side. And just the marking all round in this, this was just the making of a tired team. They were a bit out of shape. They missed Ranko so much in this one. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of discussion about that. Uh, how much was uh, him not being there? And then I also saw some people talk about how uh, I, I think it was the first two goals that like Ranko being there wouldn't likely have done much. But yeah, maybe no. this, maybe, well, maybe yeah, the third, I mean, maybe the third and fourth kick. But the, yeah, I mean he might. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have been in that position to to stop the second. But the third and the fourth, you would feel that he most certainly would. The fourth goal. I've watched it a couple of times. I'm still not sure that the Whitecaps shouldn't have had a free kick in the build-up to it. But 
it was it was a clumsy challenge by Bearhalter that if the ball hadn't gone in the back of the net, it would have been a penalty to Houston right, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, either way, it wasn't going to go well. But again, a wide open guy. The ball comes to him, maybe a little bit fortunately. But well, the, yeah. the other thing, the other thing about Ranko is he also didn't quite make the difference in. And uh, we're going to talk about in detail, but he didn't make the difference in the following game when he returned to no. the lineup. No, he didn't. And what what I'll say about Ranko is the last couple of years I have been a bit up and down on him. I, I think he's been excellent this year. But he's got to get a rest at some point because you've got to run him into the ground and this felt a good game you could maybe give him a rest to. I feel the same for Tristan Blackman just now. He looks dead on his feet in these last two games. He needs a break. I think he's had a little bit of an up and down season as well. I still think he's a, a really good player. But he's maybe not performing at the levels that the Whitecaps need at this moment in time. He would be a guy that I would rest against Colorado on Wednesday. Yeah, that's fair. Whitecaps did pull one back late, officially uh, an own goal. It was a nice little move. It was just too little too late. Uh, It was just, it was disappointing. I didn't feel too deflated, even though it was the first time they'd given up four goals this year. And you're you're thinking, oh, it, it's not great for their confidence, but they've done well in the build-up to this. They're allowed an off day. They're allowed a bad night at the office, a, a blip along the way. And you're wondering, was it a blip or was it something to be more serious about? We still don't really know because this RSL game, it, it, it was a weird one. Because Whitecaps take the lead 17 minutes in. And it's a Ryan Bryan connection once again. Lovely floated corner in from Ryan Gold. Straight on the header, Brian White. Great header. Brian White having a career season. Yeah. But on the other side of things. Yeah. Why was Brian White? (laughs) Why is Brian White in acres of space? Free header. Like, yeah. I was like, like, you could have scored that, Michael, with that much time and space. Getting my frame off the ground at my age is not easy. But yeah, I mean, RSL and any scouting, they're, they're going to look at things and it's going to be like, well, he's a danger from set pieces. He's yeah. good in the air. Let's just leave him wide open at the 12-yard spot. He, uh, yeah, you know they know he's their top goal scorer. Yeah. The the, the main threat. Uh, some would say the perfect striker. You know, like, you know they're going to be... Then you know that... In their in their preparations, they're aware of him, and they know they need to constantly be aware of him as a threat. And it was just like, wow, how, how, who, who lost, who lost their mark? Uh, what was the disconnect? Because it was, I'm sure Masterani was like livid about that. Yeah, this was a another game. Like I, I was out commentating. On Saturday night up at UBC, oh, yeah. I, I couldn't watch it and, live. And I was watching live, and I was like, I started a few times. I started messaging. I was like, Oh no, he's watching. This oh, later. I'd switched all all notifications yeah. and WhatsApp and stuff just to to be on the safe side. But I came home, and again, it was late, and I was like, Oh well, I watched the whole game. I was like, No, I'll watch the highlights, and I'll definitely watch the whole game on Sunday. So I haven't. <laughs> so I have watched the highlights. 
but I did watch some aspects of the the whole game on replay on Apple. I went back and watched a couple of key areas that we'll come to. But before that, RSL tied things up four minutes into the second half and Yohi, Yohi, Yohi. At very poor stuff from the Caps keeper in this. Brian Vera, the free kick. I mean, Takoka's just too far over. You can't give that much space up at your near post. Talking about giving up a, a free kick in the in the Houston game, which you know you couldn't blame him for it all. But this one yeah. was pretty pretty awful, like pretty pretty awful. Like, uh, and I know he's taking some shtick for it, obviously, uh, and understandably so. But I don't think he probably helped himself by laughing. Yeah, afterwards. that was awkward, wasn't it? Yeah, because I watched it, and like I don't want to rail on the guy because he's a good keeper and he's been a oh. good addition to the Whitecaps, but sitting there laughing, and I know keepers are a special breed and stuff like yeah. that, and he's just probably laughing like, oh, I got done there. When you've been done there and you know that fans are going to be angry at you, you don't want to sit there laughing. No. I, it was partly bemusement, I'm sure, as well. Yeah. He, yeah, you think he's just like, I can't believe that just happened. That's kind of what he's thinking, I think, in that moment. But, yeah, it did not look great that he had that, had that, that expression on his face. Nah. But, I mean, um, it, it was getting back on. Yeah. And then oh, sure. RSL take the lead in the 65th minute. Good header, good finish by Justin Glad, who gets ahead of Javain Brown. Did, did, okay, did you, okay, this was like, did you see it? It was almost like it. It hit his face the wrong way, or yeah, whatever? it was like the side of his face that kind of feels it hit, and it obviously and it, like had a gushing nose afterwards, which I don't know if it was from the ball or if it was from an arm from Javain or I, know, what, I think it was. But... The, I think it was the ball, dude, because even like when it it hits his on the on the slow mo replay, when it hits his head, it's almost like he is like uh, he's out of it, like he's like yeah. It, I thought he's his like, head's definitely sideways, and it definitely yeah. hits him in the side of the head. And yeah. like, folk will know I'm a big boxing fan as well, and that's the dangerous punches when boxers get hit in the side of the head. Yeah, it completely disorientates them. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I was worried for a moment there yeah. <laughs> when that happened. I was like, oh, he. This might not go well for him. But he he kept on going. Yeah. I, which I find weird as well. Yeah. Because you I take a knock like that, you've got all the gushing of blood from the nose. And... Yeah. I thought concussion protocol would have meant, okay, let's... I mean, they came and tested him. Or yeah. I mean, they've whatever, obviously but... passed all the tests and we'll we'll talk about a horror collision in the in the CPL in the last part mm, as well yeah. with a, a head yes. crash. I watched that when I, I came home, the highlights as well. And I, I'd... We won't get too far ahead, but it's like I'd come home from the the game in Langley and I'd put it on and I, w- I couldn't work out why the game wasn't on because oh, yeah. I had the sound down and then I looked and I saw what had happened. But anyway, back to this. RSL, 2-1 in the lead and it doesn't feel like they deserve to be in the lead. Like This was a game the Whitecaps didn't deserve to lose in some ways, but when you give up goals like that, you do deserve to lose. I mean, the second one, it was a good header. And it was a good play by Glad to get goal side of Brown and, and finish it. So I can't knock that goal too much. The first one, you obviously can. But then after that, like the Whitecaps had chances. And Vanny spoke about this post-game. It's like when you've got, like 
couple of them felt to Ryan Gold, and you expect him to hit the target. Yeah. But him, and I think Ryan Raposo had one as well. It's like they were blasting those shots from good position, wide. And you expect better. Yeah. And you need to be better when you're when you're chasing a game. Yeah, well, that's all fair. I, again, it's like you don't want to knock Ryan too much because he's had such a, a good year. But th- there was one in the 80th minute that came to him, I think, from a throw-in. And then he didn't miss by much, but you've got to get that on target. And then 82nd minute, we had one of the big talking points. There's a free kick just at the side of the box. Comes in. Brian White meets it. And it's a double save by former Whitecaps, Zach McMath. Huge. Like, massive. Massive save. I mean, RSL, that's... If there's been a better save for RSL this year, and if that doesn't win save of the year from an RSL point of view, I'd I'd love to see what save has done it. Because that is huge in terms of this match and in terms of possible playoff positioning for the team as well. And there's been a lot of chatter about it. Did the ball cross the line? And we were talking about it before we recorded. And there's there's no definitive angle. When I first saw it live, I thought it had crossed. Then I saw other angles and the more I've seen it, it's like, nah, I don't think it did. Likewise, Blackman goes down in the box. And when I first saw it, I thought, oh, he's been nudged over there. Surely that's a penalty. But then the more times I see it, yeah. no, it's not. No, I don't think that's been at all. I think the other thing we need to say about this play is RSL didn't learn from the first half in <laughs> giving up the lead because, once again, White was so bloody open for yeah. that. And he met it well. He did everything oh, yeah. right. And yeah. it was a gr- great initial save by McMath and then good recovery play as well. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And I, I know VAR can look at it, but then then there's grey areas if you haven't got exact camera angles on the goal line. Goal line technology exists. Yeah. Why do we not have it in this league? A league like MLS, um, money is not an issue. They, yeah. they it should it should be there. There there are um yeah, this is not an area where they should cut a corner. I, I think <clears throat> part of it though is they went to the company that produced it and they didn't take allocation money. So that was a that was a stumbling block. <laughs> That's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, like love to bring that up now and again. Yeah. It's my yeah. wife's birthday today. She wasn't pleased with the allocation money I gave her either. Yeah, I was going to mention it's very nice of you. Nice of her to let, to let us record on on her. On her well, birthday. I mean, it is currently after midnight, and she's been in bed for two and a half hours. Oh, then there's that too. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, I did spend the day up at UBC on her birthday. Oh, that's right. You were com- commentating on UBC women taking on Alberta Pandas. And as I tweeted out this morning, I said to Caitlin, why would I want to spend the day with one lovely lady when I can have over 22 of them? Oh, no. oh my God. Well, you were you were busy earning allocation money for her. Yes. For her. I, I did invite her along. I went, do you want to come and see some pandas? She was intrigued. I then showed her the pandas, and she's like, that wasn't the pandas I had in mind. She thought we had another trip coming to Calgary Zoo, but no. But it was a good game. I got to do, oh, 
If anyone's wondering what time it is here at UBC, it's five past pandas. Classic. Yes. Um, back to this game. So, yeah, that, w- that was the first big talking point in the closing minutes. Um, and then, a b- somewhat bizarre ending because it's deep into stoppage time. It's past the nine oh, yeah. minutes added on. And the referee blows. The commentators think it's full time. The RSL bench are on the field celebrating. Vanny, who has learned after his booking they got him suspended of running on the pitch too early, is yeah. telling Pablo to calm down because it got reviewed for a handball in the box. Referee goes over to look at it. After three to four minutes of looking at it, decides, nope, no penalty. What's your thoughts on the on the decision, the call? Well, you and I were talking about this briefly yeah. earlier, and I I feel the exact same as you. When you see the first replay from behind the goal, you think, oh, that looks like what is a handball and a penalty in yeah. this modern era of the game. But when you see the front angle, which I believe is the definitive angle, I can totally understand why the referee didn't give it because the arm is tucked into the body. It's not extended. It's not you know an unnatural position, whatever language you want to use. And it and it hits the arm, the elbow, whatever, and then maybe also hits uh, a hand, the hand afterwards. So, I I totally understand why it wasn't given, uh, and I don't think Vancouver can really feel that hard done by unfor- unfortunately. I I I do and I don't. I've just stuck it on again as we're talking, just to, to look at mm-hmm. it again, like. When you see it right away, you're like, oh, that does look like it looks like a handball. And then you see it from behind the goal and it definitely looks like a handball. I I think what the referee is thinking when he looks at it is that it maybe either hit the elbow or the body and then comes up to hit the arm mm-hmm. more than the, ha- the arm wasn't extended. Now, I've said this before, and I'm not the only one feeling this way because there's been a lot of chatter over in the UK and England and Scotland about this just now. There's so many people, players, managers, pundits, we just don't know what a handball is anymore. Now, to me, yeah, he, he's his elbows are tucked in, but his hand is sticking out, and that's not a natural position for it. But doesn't it... It, it, and again, you talk about not knowing what there is. D- doesn't the fact that it hit the, the elbow first before it hit the hand play into the, the, the ruling? Possibly. I mean, the commentators were talking about what might play into the ruling is, is Ryan Gold shot goal bound or oh, not? Yeah. And then it wasn't. And it's like, it wasn't. that shouldn't play. No, because crosses get called up. all the time. Yeah. I also I also thought it was unfortunate for Sam that he picked up a booking. By yeah, because he's watching the VAR and he's going, that's a penalty. Yeah. And the referee's like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that doesn't bite him for your accumulation. Oh, I know. Because we've talked about this before. These are the bookings that you're like, ooh. I don't think it probably will. But you never know. I'm still 50-50 on it. I'd... I'd I'd watch this over and over and I don't think I'll have a definitive opinion. And the problem is that then means it's not clear and obvious. Yeah. And the referee's decision on the field, it's only going to be overturned if it is clear and obvious. So there's an element of doubt there. 
So I, I can't fault the referee for, for not giving it, but it could be a massive decision in the end for the Whitecaps, for RSL in the grand yeah, scheme of things. I don't know. I mean, from these games, I'm a little bit worried about the, the Whitecaps' defence. I, I was having a chat yesterday at the, the VFC game with Alex and Felipe, and I, I feel we need to strengthen there in the off-season. I felt we needed to strengthen there in the summer. I wanted to bring in a, an experienced centre-back. I don't know, like, for me, Javane Brown, Laborda, I don't know that those are the guys you want to move forward with with this team yeah I, I just feel we need to be a little bit stronger Takaoka's had a good season uh, he's not excelled for me I, I, I sorry yeah can I say something about him yeah because uh, I didn't say this when we we're talking about the unfortunate free kick goal um, I think he's been like better than average and maybe that's because yeah. I think things have been since Max left things have been below average um, but I also, the thing about him uh, that I think is extremely helpful, particularly in the ways in which Vanny wants the side to play, is the, his ability to play the ball with his feet, to play out of the back. Yes, he's very is, good at that. It, ma- it makes him, it's, it's like, it's like it reminds me, not the, the players of likeness, but the philosophy reminds me of why Klinsman chose Lehman to play at the 2006 World Cup over Oliver Kahn because he wanted a keeper that was, you know, comfortable coming off his line and to be uh, not not a Manuel Neuer-esque sweeper keeper, but someone who could play out of the back, whereas Kahn was a, you know, a shot stopper almost rooted to his line, right? And so Takaoka and his uh, great footwork, great passing range, good vision, good football IQ, all these kinds of things uh, has really been such a benefit to the side on the whole. It's almost like an intangible. I'm sure one of the stats people can, you know, quantify uh, what his contributions have meant. But yeah, it's a, it's essentially it's, a, it's a, one of those intangible or it feels like one of those intangible things that, you know, he's enabled them to play in a certain way and not just play it, but play with, I think, a much greater confidence. Yeah, and I mean, what I will say about Takaoka as well is he did come up with a big save when it was 2 1. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was off, but he, he turned the ball away. So, I mean, he did did well there. He is having a good season. Yeah. And offensively, obviously, the guys are having a good season. Ryan Gold, with that assist now, moves to in the 10 10 club. 10 goals yes. and 10 assists yeah. on the season. So, that's nice to see. Brian White now has 14 goals across all competitions, 12 in MLS, five assists as well. So he's having a career year. Can I ask you one other question about this game? I didn't get a chance to read the the match preview on the site, but um, is there a reason? I mean, obviously they didn't need to in the end, but there's a, is there a reason why they did not release the crylatch? He's been out of form from what I can gather recently. Yeah, but an out of form crylatch against Vancouver, you know, that's that's how you put him back into form in the past. Oh yeah, that that is sadly true. <laughs> I I don't know. They didn't need him, as it turned out. No, yeah. I just I didn't wonder if he was like recovering or. No, or he's just been bad. a little bit out, out of form from from what I can gather. But okay. yeah. But big game, as we say, coming up on Wednesday against Colorado. Big game then against DC as they return home. There's five games left, two on the road, three at home. And you've got to be looking 
that if, if the Whitecaps can take full points from them, things are going to be looking very good. We'll delve into all the ins and outs in the MLS West. We'll look at some of the stories from MLS East as well. And we'll look at the big signing that the Whitecaps had when we were away in between shows as well. And we'll be back with all of that after this. Hi, I'm Sam Adekubi and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. You're not a live boy, so you start kicking When the room is spinning and the words aren't sticking And the radio's on a better runaway model With a face like sin and a hat like a James Joyce novel Saying sister, sister, how I missed you, missed you Let's go wrist to wrist and take the skin off of a blister If you're a rock star, porn star, superstar, doesn't matter what you are, get yourself a good car, get out of here. Well, put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land Driver's got names to fill two double barrels He spits out, grits out, only smokes carols And he's refreshing the world in mind, body and spirit Mind, body and spirit, you better hear it and fear it Oh, that's the spirit Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of September. They were in Vancouver on Saturday night supporting the Arctic Monkeys. Wasn't able to get along to that gig, as I mentioned, was commentating. So gutted that I missed seeing them here. Fontaine's DC, band from Dublin in Ireland. That is a, a song and a single Taken from their debut album in 2019, the album's called Dogrel. The song is called Boys in the Better Land. And of course, we know the boys in the white caps in MLS are in the better land because you want to be in Canada, don't you, Zach? Canada is the better land for yes. that, American, that American league, yes. Because we're, we're attracting all the Canadians back. Oh. Sam Cookby, Richie Larea, and now the trifecta of Canadian World Cup stars. Bit of a shock signing for me when we were away. Still got a lot of gas left in his tank. 33-year-old David Wayne Hoylett, known to most folk as Junior, Junior. has joined the Whitecaps to the the end of the season after a, a career predominantly Played over in England, a couple of little spells over in loan in Germany as well. And I should say, also played in Wales, not just England, because he was with Cardiff City. Cardiff, but yeah. big surprise, I, I felt, Adam to the team. But a very welcome surprise, just because of the experience he can bring, the goals that he can bring. And it's just another key piece, you hope, for, for the Whitecaps, if they can get him up to the junior highlight that we know. And I don't think... In his two games so far that we've really seen that yet, which is understandable. No, uh, yeah, hopefully for Vancouver's sake, he can get to his 
the upper echelon of his levels. Uh, J- Junior, I think, yeah, very talented player. Uh, love a lot of what he brought to Canada and World Cup qualifying, especially when he was used as a as a uh, like a super sub. Um, I, I like him better there than than starting. It, he, I know he has faced. I don't know if criticism is the right word or just critique maybe is the is the, the better term for how uh, how st- sometimes he dealt with the Canada situation in terms of choosing to play for them and but waiting until it was kind of like the only option or the be- best option for his career or whatever and um uh, yeah uh, again you can't blame him you can't blame him in one sense because it's his career and he's trying to do what's best but I know I know in some quarters this there were some who didn't always uh I guess maybe they lacked a little bit of respect for some of the decisions he made but I mean I I, I don't know the full story of the situation but I mean you you have to think when you've got a Jamaican father you're gonna be hearing oh. from him going oh, I'd, I'd and that, that and really that's like not a... to play for the country of my birth because I'd be yeah. like that with my kid I've got to say and when you have a Jamaican father, it's not of your own accord, I don't believe. Hey. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I can understand it. I'm not Canadian, though, so I can also feel why some folk are quite bitter about it. But that's in the past. He's been a Canadian stalwart, 59 appearances, 15 mm-hmm. goals, played in a World Cup. But mm-hmm. he comes to the Whitecaps with a fantastic pedigree. Played Blackburn Rovers, QPR, Cardiff, Reading. So St. Mo- Pauli. Yeah. Most recently, he's been kind of in the second tier of English league football. Best spell probably, I, th- I think, was when he was with Cardiff. That's when he got his most goals. And yeah. that's when I, I, like when I think a junior playing over there, but I mostly think of him at Cardiff. Yeah. And I, I think it's a good addition, whether it's a, a long-term addition or this is just junior trying to put himself in the shop window because he wants to go back to Europe, which I imagine... He still hankers and feels he can go and do stuff over there. Uh, who knows? But if he can help the Whitecaps out in the rest of the, this year, all the better. This is the kind of signing that I've wanted the Whitecaps to make in years past. And managers have always said they're not going to do that. MDS was adamant, I'm not just going to sign somebody short term just to help us this year. It has to be something that's going to help us in the long term. But sometimes when you've got a team that's clicking and you're just maybe a couple of pieces short, you just need this guy that's maybe going to be with you for a couple of months. And if he can lift you to a championship, who cares if he moves on at the end of the season? Yeah, well, you just we just spent some time talking about, you know, fixture congestion and what feels like a bit of a tired squad. And yeah, this is the type of player that you need to give you options and give some players rest. And uh, I, yeah, I, I think it, it is. I can't remember. If I said this on the last show or two, or when the one that we're in around when the window was closing. But it is night and day how Axel Schuster has turned around the approach of the front office because it's not even just the MDS era where, like you said, maybe he didn't want to add in, in this window for short term players. It's um, it's a total change from from ownership that is under the guidance and under the influence of actual Schuster to actually do massive things in this window, right? Like I, when's the last time they did big things, like multiple big things in, in the summer window. Mm-hmm. I can't remember three 
significant signings like this in a summer window ever, right? You had players who came from Europe, like a, I think Baza came sort of in June, July. Yeah, Kendall never, came in a in a summer window, right? But but again, one player. Yeah, David Usted. And they David wasn't David more like June, or yeah, I know he was July. I guess he, yeah, because he he had to wait to make his uh, appearance with Timber but, Joey and everything down in Portland. I remember yeah. that so well. But, um, but, yeah. but never, but it was never multiple like key massive players, or sorry, what feel like could no. Be I mean, this has been players. the best on paper window yes. that the that the club has had. Yeah, that's a good way to to say it. He did leave Reading at the end of last season. He was offered a new contract. Reading wanted him to stay, but Reading had got relegated to the third tier. So I guess he wanted to keep his options open. Probably wanted to stay in the championship, and then. No one's come in for him, so he has come back. He might like it here. He might decide he wants to come back and stay. I'd welcome that because I, I think he's still got a lot to offer. And yeah, it, we it, haven't it fully seen him yet because he's obviously not going to be fully match fit because he hasn't been playing since the end of last season. Yeah, it is going to be really, really interesting to see how what happens with him and what what happens with Richie Larea. Yeah, the Larea one's interesting because my understanding is that Axel and Nottingham Forest have a verbal agreement of a fee to to make the deal permanent and it's a deal that would make Richie Larea a DP unless they can buy it down with Tam and stuff, which I would prefer, I've got to say. As much as I like Richie Larea, as much as I think he's a good player, I don't think he should be a DP. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a fit. I can see Richie feeling like he's done enough to, to do that, like on his end. But I don't think in in Vancouver anyways, and I don't think partly for his position, again, nothing against him, but for his position, I don't think it's... The, and for this club in particular, I don't think having him as a DP is the right, the right approach. No. And I don't think... I Honestly, I don't think Axel will either. No, I mean, hopefully, if they can get him, they can get him at a deal that he can get bought under, and then we've got that DP spot. There's still all these rumours swirling about that there's going to be four DPs allowed from next season. Obviously, the likes of Miami pushing hard <laughs> to try and get as many DPs as they can, and I mean, with Messi and everything coming over, all these players are going to want to come over, players are going to want a chance to play with him, play against him. That's going to be interesting as well. It's like, do the Eastern teams get all these players wanting to come over now because they get a chance to play against Messi a couple of times in a season? That's a whole discussion for the end of the year. But, I mean, those are big decisions for the Whitecaps come the end of the year. What I will say, though, is both of those players also have to show that they deserve to be here next season. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. Richard Reyes had some good flashes so far. I've liked what I've seen. He's getting some good chemistry built up. Maybe a bit quiet in the, the last little couple of games, but Junior Hoyley, we haven't really seen enough of him. No. As I say, I didn't watch the whole RSL. I saw the whole Houston game. I only watched the highlights. Speaking to Felipe and Alex about it yesterday, they said, yeah, he did show some good flashes in, in the second half. So we'll see what happens. But to have these additions for the most important part of the season. It's, it's big for the Whitecaps, and you just hope they can get fully up to speed fitness-wise and the chemistry going, and it's very exciting what this team could be. 
for real. So let's look a, a little bit at that just now. Looking at the, the Western Conference, it's it's crazy right now. St. Louis are the only team that's booked a playoff spot. In the Eastern Conference, six teams have already booked a place in the playoffs. Yeah. You're, you're looking at St. Louis, they've got an eight-point lead over LAFC in second. St. Louis on 53 points. They've got three games left to go because they've played 31 games so far. 16 wins, massive. LAFC, Seattle, second and third and 45 points from 30 games. Houston, great run of form for Houston at the moment. They've got 10 wins at home as well, but still struggling on the road. Only two wins on the road all season for Houston. But they're currently sitting in fourth on 43 points from their 30 games played. Salt Lake, fifth and 43. Portland on a hell of a run just now. Five wins and a draw in the last six games. They didn't take that defeat against Vancouver well. They've come out all guns blazing. And wow, what a turnaround for the for the Timbers right now. Yeah, it's been impressive. And it yeah, shows you what a, the, the stereotypical bump you can get from uh, changing your manager in a season. And um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it, it was touch and go there against in the Colorado game. I, I watched some of that. I don't know if you watched that. No, I haven't had a chance yet. The 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 winning goal, if I remember from Morrow, was just great going in alone, rounding the keeper. Um, but yeah, Portland is a a club you can never count out. Be just be no. What what's what could go against them, positioning wise, is their goal difference is minus seven. Yeah, that's not helpful. I mean, it's to be sitting sixth with that goal difference is impressive in itself because the only teams with a worse goal difference are LA Galaxy and Colorado Rapids. <laughs> so, um, I mean, to be sitting there, that that's a pretty good turnaround for them. You've then got the Whitecaps in seventh and 41, San Jose in 41, and then Dallas in the ninth playoff spot on 39. So from second to eighth, there's four points separating the teams. The Whitecaps, five games remaining. They've got this game against Colorado, who are officially eliminated from playoff competition, but they had been pretty much a long time ago. So the Whitecaps win on Wednesday, and they jump from seventh up to fourth, sitting one point behind LAFC and Seattle, both of whom they play next month. Now, it's still all very much in their own hands. And although they've got St. Louis to come as well, first place is probably a stretch now. But despite these two results, second place is still very much on offer and in their own hands. Yeah. Like you said, it's it's crazy in the West. The wild, wild West, it's crazy. It, it, it could go any which way. Yeah. And that is also the concerning thing about that, because yeah. everything I've just said is my glass half full, got yeah. my optimist union card out, and everything's looking rosy. Because the, the five games, Colorado, you expect three points. DC United, you expect three points. We spoke about this. It's a really, really tough end to the season, 
because mm-hmm. their last three games are against the current top three teams. Yeah. I saw someone... That talking, makes or breaks your year. I saw someone talking recently that if you look at the Whitecaps form um, uh, against teams that if it's above them or around them or whatever, is not actually that great. It's They've actually only been yeah. beating up on the teams below them. And so, yeah, those last three games will be a, a really true test to see where they're going to you know, finally end up and, and maybe be a bit of a, a, a bit of taste of what people can expect in, in the, in the cup, should they make it? I think, I think the Houston game for some people was a little bit like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is a little bit of the reality of where they're in the pecking order within the yeah. West. Yeah. I mean, I, I did come away from the Houston game thinking maybe we're not as good uh, as I thought we were, but at the same time, it's Houston. Then coming away from the RSL game was like, oh yeah, maybe we we really aren't. But we we created the chances, we just didn't take them, and we should have come away from RSL with at least a point. I I feel. Now, I, again, you can look at it a couple of ways. Finishing the the season, the regular season against the top three, as you say, it's a precursor to the playoffs, because if the Whitecaps are going to do anything in the playoffs. These are the kind of teams that have to be beaten. So if they, and this is a big if, can win all three of these games, or even the two home games against St. Louis and LAFC, what a confidence boost that is going into the playoffs because you're going to feel, hey, we can pretty much beat anyone here. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like you say, it will set them up in such such a great way. And we'll... Also, again, give them opportunity to show uh, where they truly stand, right? Yeah. Or, so, or or that they've earned their spot. Yeah, that spot may be. So, so that's the glass half full approach. The glass half empty approach is: you look at these standings just now, and outside of the playoffs, Kansas City, they've made a good run. They're up to tenth and thirty-eight. Yep. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny and his boys are... Yeah. yeah. Minnesota's been dipping. Yeah. They're 11th and 37. And then, as we were recording this tonight, the Austin LA Galaxy game was still going on because it was delayed due to lightning. So it finished after 1.30 in the morning, Texas time, down in Austin. You can imagine the crowd was dwindling as the as the game did go on but a fair few stuck it out to the end fair weather were... fans down in austin <laughs> they were served up a, a treat it was a three-all game two late goals from the galaxy that basically screwed over both their seasons potentially that result austin had moved up to join 11th on 37 points two off the playoffs before those two late galaxy galaxy goals and now they're sitting four points behind dallas Galaxy as well, that point hasn't helped them too much. They're five points off. But this both those teams are still in the mix. Uh, Galaxy totally, particularly because they've got five games left. I'm totally joking with their fans, obviously. Oh, no, I, I, think I, it was I, great, I knew that. Great determination. Uh, oh, I mean, to stick it out that long and at that time of the morning is like incredible. I was stuck working, I believe. But were you there the game at Swan Guard with the, the rate the lightning delay? Oh, Puerto Rico Islanders, yeah. Yeah. I've got yeah, a video yeah. up on YouTube about it. That was a, yeah. that was one of the the 
funnest experiences and also weirdest experiences as we are all standing on metal bleachers as the lightning comes and then the announcement get off the metal bleachers yeah didn't you go into you went to the grandstand right yeah we serenaded the grandstand i'm sure what uh how long did like how long like how long did it take for that game two-ish hours i think break yeah so i think it finished before midnight if i remember right but it is a long time ago yeah yeah going back to the glass half empty you expect the Whitecaps to at least get six points from the next two games. That would give them 47 points, and that should be enough to get them into the playoffs. You'd think. But it could be eighth or ninth on 47 points. Which would be undesirable. Very, because you'd be in that wild card game. If you don't in, pick in up wild any West. points... Yes, in very wild west. If you don't pick any points up in those last three games, you're going in with a low seeding and low in confidence as well. And Vanny's the kind of guy that can pick a team up, and this is a team that can do stuff, but it's not ideal. But, I mean, the very worst-case scenario is if, if you don't get six points in these two games coming up, there's a realistic chance you're not going to be in the playoffs. Because Kansas yeah, City are 10th. They're sitting three points behind, but they do only have three games left. Yeah, I, I I don't think too many I don't think too many people in the fan base are thinking that way though, right? No, yeah. but I mean you have to put it on the table. You've got to be realistic that that is a possibility. I don't think it will happen, and I still think we're going to finish top four. I'll say that now. That's because you don't like her. <laughs> I love her. Oh, sorry, you love her. I forgot. Not more than my wife, in case she she is listening. <laughs> Wait, in case your wife's listening or hers listening. Well, anyone's listening. I'm sure some folk are listening. I hope some folk are listening. But I, I, I'm looking as well at the, the playoff scenarios. And obviously the first round is a, is a best of three matchup. So yeah. if everything finished, uh, like let, let's just say Vancouver beat Colorado, they move into fourth. So if you look at that as that's how the season's going to finish and play out, which it clearly won't, but you'd have San Jose and Dallas playing it out in the wildcard game. And the winner of that would then be playing St. Louis. The Whitecaps would then end up being a best of three against Houston with two games at home against a team that's only won twice on the road. So fourth place is not the worst that they could be in terms of, of it looking good. Because if you finish second or third, you could find yourself playing Portland, who's in form just now. And I don't think you want that. And then you've got to look at the next round as well. It's like... The, ne- the next round is best of five and then the final is best of seven, right? So this is could go all the way to like New Year's Day? Oh, I, th- I think it's scheduled to go right before Champions Cup. <laughs> but I mean, I... St. Louis, LAFC, Seattle, depending how these three games go in the last three games... I don't know who I would want to meet if we get through that first round. Obviously thinking very far ahead here, but it, it's exciting. And from a White Cat's point of view, that's all you can ask for. I don't know if you saw this week, they announced the lowest attendances across MLS this season. And I think the, the White Cats were fourth worst, which they don't Sorry. deserve to be like that for Sorry. the way that they've been playing. Accumulative or like? Like average, average. Average, yeah, okay. And it's like the way that this team has played, and I know there's a lot goes behind it and I, past I, stuff and everything like that, but the fans need to come out and support this team because there's I, a very good squad and a very good bunch of players here. 
I missed that. What was the number? Sixteen thousand something. I'll try and dig it right. out. Which is which is paid, so it's a little bit below that in actual people in the stadium. Uh, I think, yeah, that is un, that is unfortunate. I know there's been people who, I mean, these last two results will not help, but um, I know that there are people who have been like, hey, the 30th needs to be like a massive crowd at BC Plus. I think on the Facebook play, page, um, uh, Aiden S. Um, has been talking a lot, who's a great guy, uh, been talking a lot about, hey, we need to get 25,000. Like, let's everyone invite your friends, everyone get everyone there, which is great to see people have that enthusiasm. Um, because you're you're right. I mean, it it has been one of, if not the, the, the arguably the most exciting sides in the MLS era for mm-hmm. Vancouver, right? I, I've got it here. So their their average attendance. So this is the the ten lowest attendance averages in MLS this season. So the very lowest, Houston, fourteen thousand seven hundred eighty five, Chicago fourteen eight eight seven. Colorado, 15,682. So that's the three worst. Then mm. the Whitecaps come in at 16,164. Do you know who's fifth with 17,009? Toronto? Inter-Miami. I think that might change yeah. down the stretch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. That then DC be. United, New York Red Bulls, Montreal, Dallas, and San Jose. So Toronto aren't in the, the bottom ten. Well, good for them, but again, yeah, it says a lot for the the fan base. Actually, I'll take my hat off to them for that. But no, but see, but Toronto too, also I think has a significant more number of like uh, tickets purchased than what's actually in the ground, right? True, I, I guess. Yeah, if you are counting tickets sold, yeah, which which is what they do, and that's that's fair. Yeah. We don't need to debate that right now. But that that I think in Toronto, you have a lot of corporate tickets. You have a lot of people who have tickets but don't always go because of what with the weather, for example, there or. Uh, obviously, that's changed a little bit with parts having, uh, you know, being having coverage, but um, from the elements, but that 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 definitely helps, right? When you uh, when you have a a, a, a larger number of uh, in your season ticket base. Yeah, but I mean, I know we've got some people that listen to this because they've told me they've messaged me that they're they're lapsed fans. They don't go to the games anymore. Yes. Yeah. Some of them don't even watch the games because it's on Apple and they maybe just watch the highlights or see the score. There's some guys that, like Rob Townsend, chat with him a lot. He listens to the games on the radio. He feels he's a jinx, though, because he watched the game against RSL and TSN and they lost. So they think oh. he thinks it's down to him. So uh, let's blame Rob. But it's like there is fans that they listen to the show, but they're not watching the games. So for those fans, I, I'd say, and I know you've got your reasons for not going, and I totally understand it. I know what's happened in the past, but just maybe think about giving the team a chance. This is a different Whitecaps on and off the pitch. And this is a this is a Whitecaps squad that deserves your support right now, to be totally honest. They're playing good football, and if you can help them get over the line, down the stretch, get a good playoff position, you're in for an exciting postseason here. And that's all you can ask for as a Whitecaps fan. All Michael's saying is give Axel a chance. And if you do go to the DC game, please remember to chant, Fat Granny Shagger, you're just a fat <laughs> Granny Shagger. I want to hear that coming out from the, the sixth side. 
And if anyone gets banned because of that, just blame me. Oh, what banned because of that? I'm sure, the... Surely not. But yeah. Uh, so that that's it in the West, the wild, wild West. We, I won't talk too much about things in the East, but there's some there's three big stories I do want to talk about from the East. But looking at the let me guess, standards. let me guess, they're all about Miami. <laughs> just one. Oh, just funnily one. enough. Um, so Cincinnati looked like they're going to be support of Shield, very close to clinching it actually, which is crazy. Sixty-two points, amazing. Yeah, I mean they're playing great stuff. But but like that's such a significant turnaround. What feels like such a short time. Yeah, I mean it is. So Cincinnati, Orlando, Columbus, Philadelphia, Atlanta, New England. That's the top six. All clinched a playoff spot. Nashville, pretty much there. They'll be clinching soon, I'm sure. Then you've got an interesting battle. Montreal's in eighth. Yeah. 37 points, four games to go. New York City, FC, 37 points, three games to go in ninth. DC United, out of the playoff spots with three games to go. And a loss here in Vancouver is going to really put them in peril. So that's yeah. another good reason to put the knife in on Saturday. Red Bulls. Hanging around in 11th and 34th, Chicago in 34th, Charlotte in 13th and 33, and then lowly Inter Miami, the third favourites for the MLS Cup, 14th, but only five points off the playoffs, and with two games on hand on New York City FC and five games left to play. Interesting that battle for those last two spots you feel in, in the east and I, I've talked to a few folk about this and no one else has agreed with me I I hope Miami don't make it I just think it would be nice for the competition aspect if a player and I know Messi's the greatest of all time he's amazing every club would want him I can't wait to see him play if he ever plays the Whitecaps. All that stuff. I love the guy. I think he's tremendous. But if you can bring a player in, even as special as Messi, and he can turn your season around that way, albeit with a massive supporting cast, it just sets a bad example as to the future of this league and what teams are going to do. So I'd be quite happy if Miami didn't make the playoffs. Everyone else I've put that theory to has been like, what are you talking about? We want to see Messi in the playoffs. Yeah, and you can understand you can understand why. Yeah. Um I don't I, I mean I, I a small I part of me also does want to see him in the playoffs, but it's just a small part of you though. Well yeah, I, like White Caps hosting Miami, MLS Cup, Messi deciding not to play because of the turf. He he's actually come out and said he will play in turf that so that all that stuff was just scaremongering. But but yeah, I mean obviously it would be good for the league and eyeballs if Miami made it, but they did drop two big points tonight against Orlando after taking mm -hmm. the lead. I watched that game. Well, watched the second half of that game. So, so I, 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 can I go back to Cincinnati? Sure. Just for a moment. It, 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 two years in a row, they were rock bottom in their conference. Yep. Which, to put them in perspective, in a, let's call it a traditional football setting, would have had them relegated both of those years. <laughs> yeah. Back to and the they, USL. And then they was it, I think it was the last year, maybe they were like fifth or something. And now now they are going to win 
the trophy for the best club over the regular season, which again, in traditional football, is the most significant trophy you can yeah. win. It's crazy. I, I mean, it, it's crazy, and it just shows you the turnaround. So much of it, though, is based on their home form because they've yes. only lost one game at home all season, one draw as well, 13 wins. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. If we want to keep talking about Miami just for a second and Lionel Messi. Missed the Atlanta game after coming back from international duty with Argentina with a, a little bit of a niggle. Started against TFC, came off, went up the tunnel and then missed the Orlando game today. Folk thinking they're, they're maybe just keeping him out so because they've got the US Open Cup against Houston All right. midweek. So is that why? But he's officially dealing with scarring from a, a previous injury. So they're trying to manage his minutes and it's like precautionary. They don't want to take any risks ahead of the cup final because they did say, or Tata Martino came out and said, right now that's their priority, to win that cup. Oh, yeah, I mean, if they the can win the League's league, Cup... Right? Well, they're in it anyway. For well, they're, yeah, they're cup, they're yeah. It, yeah. So if they can get a cup double, yeah, that's impressive. And if they don't make the playoffs, not the end of the world, I think is the way that Martino's looking at it. Yeah. Some folk might think otherwise, but I mean, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I like it as somebody that loves cup football, I, that you're putting I, priority in a cup final. So, you know, talking about Miami FC, I don't know about you, Michael, but I, you know, uh, you know, for example, Sunday morning in the foyer at my, at my, the, the building where I work, multiple people have talked to me about the advertising they've seen on TSN about that, that game that already happened now, but between Miami and Toronto. I'll be like, oh, Toronto's playing Messi. Toronto's playing Messi. Mm -hmm. So it is, I know th this is not to engage in the Apple TV deal, deal conversation again, but it is something that is making people notice more. And so these people are like, oh, no, okay. it is. Yeah. They were, they're like, remind me, okay, wh what league is this? <laughs> and like, who's in <laughs> And like all these, these different things. I, and, and I can't and, remember and, what, it, what the figure is, but like Apple TV's things oh, have yeah. shot up it's four figures it's like a thousand times or four thousand times or something it's like an insane amount of subscriptions that they've sold so they're, well, they're rubbing their hands at this when you get to interview with them it'll be interesting what that does for our downloads right i'm, I'm practicing my spanish yeah hola uh, hola chocolat digestif <laughs> that's french si or no <laughs> I don't know. Then, there's a few languages I possibly. The most important thing you need to learn in Spanish is "Donde es el baño." I'll just thrust the chocolate digestive in his face. Do you know what "Donde es el baño" is? I think it means no. "Where's Where's the bathroom?" Oh, <laughs> I think I think I might be wrong. I didn't drink the water when I was in Mexico. I was, I was advised not to. As I think I've mentioned the show before, I was also told not to wander off on my own, which I did. But hey, I survived. And I sat on a donkey. Wait, well, you wandered off on your own? No, that was, that was two different things. I, oh, I should have paused in between my, my anecdotes there. No, there was a, you got to sit on a donkey, they put a sombrero on you and they took your picture. There you go. I should dig that out. I'm sure you want to see my beautiful ass. <laughs> we'll save that for our OnlyFans page. <laughs> oh, my God. But oh, back wow. to Messi. So he, he was missing. Jordi Album was missing as well. And Sergio Busquets had missed an open practice and stuff as well. So there, 
there's some injuries in Miami just now, so it might be tough for them to get into the playoffs. But it's like it's, if, still, if, it's still doable. Technically, it's still very doable. But you do feel it kind of lies in whether Messi and Alba are going to be fit. They played some nice stuff tonight, but after Orlando got the equaliser, it was all Orlando, and they should have won it. So I mean mm. that that's one of the Eastern stories to, to, to and, and, and that's a and that's a massive game for the Orlando City Thieves, right? Like that's a huge, huge game for them. Yeah. You saw you saw, right? Like uh when when Messi came, like the fans like painted a mural for him and, and then some of the supporters or ultras or whatever from Orlando went down and covered it with purple paint. No, I didn't <laughs> see that. <laughs> I think I think the Miami people went and had it like the paint removed or I don't know, but it was it was yeah. Wow. It was interesting. That huge game coming up on Saturday for Miami. They're at home to New York City FC. So win that and they're right back in the playoff mix. And then they've got Chicago. Oh yeah. But then they've also got Cincinnati and they had two games against Charlotte to round off the season. Maybe so, Cincinnati will be able to take it, take it easy because. Yeah, maybe. But no, the um, yeah, if they could, they they need to win those two games, those first two games, and and, and they're winnable. Two other, but, but like oh. the cup, the cup, like the cup. You said though, obviously, oh, is yeah. a massive priority. Yeah, I I love a cup final. I've just been watching this weekend the Australian Cup semi-finals, and when I was down in Oregon, I was watching the quarterfinals. So, love my cup football. Scottish Cup was this weekend. East Fife have been drawn in the next round. A nice little away trip against Dunbar. So, I was watching all that as well. I'll be but, watching uh, the Dave Bay Pokal on Tuesday. I think opening round. Well, opening round for Bayern, who had their opening round pushed back due to the the League Cup final. Op- or German Super Cup opening to the season, I think. So many cups. Your cup hath runneth over. Excellent, Michael. Excellent. Last two things to talk about in this part, both Eastern Conference stories that happened since our last show, just to talk about New England. Bruce oh. Arena <laughs> okay, I, has I departed. Have, I, I've only followed this based on what you've told me. So oh. f- fill me in. Fill, fill me in on all the things that I don't know. Because I knew you sent me a I'm, bunch I'm of not sure things. if that was one of the phrases Bruce Arena mentioned that it's maybe got him suspended. <laughs> All we know is that he made inappropriate comments and they were investigated and it was enough for MLS to basically suspend him, get rid of him. And if he wants to coach again in the league, he has to apply and be approved to coach again in the league, which is massive because you know this is a big, big thing if that's then what's been put as a, a condition for him being able to coach again in the league. you you got to think, I'm sorry, my thinking is Bruce has made, a, a I think, a fair chunk of change in the game. He's had an, an agent in his life where I don't think he's going to say, oh, yeah, I really want to coach again in MLS, therefore I'm going to... Um, you know, bend the knee or kiss the ring or do what they want me. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything yeah. he's done is is right or he. There's no faults, but I just we know what a kind of grumpy, kind of stereotypical grumpy old man he was yes. when he would visit BC Place. I cannot see him saying, "Oh yeah, sure, uh, it's worth me getting another gig in, with the leagues in, within the league." So I will 
do it whatever it is you tell me i have to do i don't see that happening yeah i it yeah i mean i think that is his his coaching career at least here over and i can't imagine where else he would end up going to be totally honest with you but it's it's just been strange and then the players seem to be kept in the dark and then they appointed his assistant oh, yeah. as the interim head coach Richie Williams and then he had to stand down because the players were revolting and because like, just because they didn't like him or they didn't respect him and don't think he was qualified like just because they'd been kept in the dark I think and they didn't think that he was telling everything that happened or they, I don't know if he was part of stuff as well Nobody really knows what the allegations were. Um, Kate and Kyle was suspended by Apple TV because she made comments suggesting what Bruce Arena had said. And she was suspended for a month. It's just... I did not hear that part. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I won't say what she said okay. that, that he had been suspended for, but then... It either wasn't true or... Or she was out of line. Yeah, or she was sure. out of line. So Apple TV suspended her for a month. Officially, Bruce Arena quit as their coach. Officially? After being put on ad administrative, administrative leave. leave. And okay. then MLS issued a statement saying, it was announced earlier this evening that Bruce Arena has resigned as sporting director and head coach of New England after being placed on administrative leave pending a review into allegations that he made insensitive and inappropriate remarks. As a result of the investigation, which confirmed certain of these allegations, should Arena wish to pursue future employment within MLS, he must first submit a petition to the commissioner. So he officially resigned, but he was going to get sacked. That's crazy. I, I think it's not to make any of the comments or speculation I was originally going to make, but like it is very interesting to hear Apple TV Plus, which obviously has a very extremely uh, significant and close relationship with the league, sanction one of their employees over engaging in whether it's you know not not whistleblowing, but in, yeah, in well, sharing I mean, le leaking information or sharing. Yeah, information well, Kaylin came out and said that she made her comments but she didn't actually know anything. She had just made a comment. So I think she maybe misunderstood what he had been uh, suspended okay. for, or she had heard and let it yeah. slip. So that we don't know. But it's just interesting that they've put some accountability on, on her or anyone in that way. That's just really interesting because I feel like you don't see that a lot. But again, yeah. it, it has to do with, the, I think, the tightness between Apple TV Plus and the league, obviously. The last MLS story we'll talk about. So Bruce Arena has left the league. We, I, I, I'm sad we won't get another chance to hear Steve interview Bruce Arena. Oh, I know. Someone else has left the league. Montreal player Zach Matko Milojevic. Did you hear this story? This one I know. Yes. This is insane. So this okay, insane, but it doesn't sound that unfamiliar. Right, we you know we we've, we've heard little out. stories, yes. So Miljevic suspended for life, not from MLS, but from a Quebec amateur soccer league, where he played three games under a fake name, and in the third game got sent off for punching another player in the face, all whilst being on MLS payroll, a Montreal player 
who was frustrated at not getting playing time for Montreal, so went to play in an amateur league. It's just nuts. Yeah, it the is. Q- QCSL is the league. Yeah, it's just like, crazy. wow. It is crazy. I understand being frustrated and wanting to play. And, I mean, over the years... Yes, we, we've known players who've, who've been professionals. They've got to play pick-up games. They've played in uh, tournaments of, of, the, of some sort or another. Yeah. Yordi Reina, during lockdown, going to have a little oh, pick-up game. Oh, yeah, there's that one. <laughs> there was that as well, well. But, yeah, no, th- well. there's, there's been interesting stuff over the years. But, I mean... MLS has been wild this season, just from start to finish. And I I can't wait to see what the final two months of the season have in store. And hopefully the Whitecaps are in it to win it. And I'm in it to win $810. I have to keep mentioning that. Remember, if you put $10 in the Whitecaps, <laughs> you'll probably lose $10. <laughs> that is it, though, for our MLS chat. We've got one more part to go. We're going to be talking CPL. This is where oh, Zach will get really interested. Saving the best for last. Yeah, that's another three hours added onto, this, onto the podcast. We'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Tommy Wilden Jr. And you are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. You think that you love me But you don't Think that you know me, yeah, well You just don't Did you know I'm into your brother? Did you know I hated your show? Tell me who exactly do you think you know, yeah People ask on I would say it again Don't let anyone tell you that they wanna be your friend they just wanna get close enough to take the final shot they will celebrate the things that make you who you're not they will criticize all of the Well, a smile could be made so endless Just happy, free and friendless No paper lending Just time spending Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part is continuing our Artist of the, the Month theme. I mentioned when I said Fontaine's DC were going to be our Artist of the Month, that I was also going to include some solo stuff from lead singer Graham Chatton's debut solo album, Chaos for the Fly, that was released this year. That's one of my favourite songs from the album, All of the People. Check that out. Check out Fontaine's DC stuff. We'll have some more stuff for them coming up this month. But we're going to talk Canadian Premier League in this part. Champions have been crowned this weekend, Zach. Regular season. Cavalry FC, their second yes. regular season title after <laughs> first, 2019. For the first trophy. 
first trophy <laughs> and the first one that yes. really means something yeah. because I can't believe we're saying this. The CONCACAF Champions Cup is going to be getting played in Calgary yeah. in February. And I'm here for it. I want yeah. some Mexican giant to go and play in the snow of Calgary in February. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. I want to go to that game if that happens. It's just going to be amazing stuff. That's not going to be fun to fly in. <laughs> yeah, man. you Not just you... flying. It's like trying to get out to the stadium as well. Yeah, you well, I'm sure there'd be like a horse. I'm sure Scott will give us a lift or something. A horse and carriage or something will be able to a sleigh can pull you over. Oh, to that'd the... be awesome. <gasps> Dude, do you have Huskies. enough warm do you have enough warm clothes to make to make that like a I only own warm clothes. Uh, I'm sitting with a polar fleece right behind me here. No, okay, in all in all seriousness though, uh I I, I mean they they have won this title on the back of Meyer Bevins diving, which I don't like. But <laughs> on a more on a more important note, uh, today is uh, or today I guess technically it's yesterday, the day after they won. I think yeah, the day after they won is was Marco Cucci's birthday. So I love it for Marco. I love it. I'm really happy for Tommy and for Ben uh, and for a number of the other guys in the in the team um, that we've known for uh, for years or whatever. But um, yeah, it, it also just feels like I'm glad they did something like this with at least some of those players who've been around for a while because it really felt like they were hard done by in the first few years of the league where they had this massive epic battle going on with Forge. Yeah. And they always came up short in the in the in the game that the league chose to hand out trophies for, when in reality they really were the first winners of uh of what what is important in, in my opinion. Yeah. And and it's like the players that we know, the players that we love, like like Fisky and Marco Carducci as well, so so pleased oh, you're Scots, for, for those you, guys. Your Scotsman Fraser Aird's there too. Yeah, former White Cap, yeah. former Ross County player. I came in a chat to to Fraser, and I just never got around to it. And Marco as well. We need to get him back on the show. I I have got in touch with Cavalry. I want to have a chat with Tommy this week. Was waiting until okay. he had hopefully wrapped things up. I did tip Cavalry to win the regular season crown. And I mean, they've got a seven point lead, two games to go, unassailable now, clinched two ways. Sergio Camargo's 39th minute winner gave him a bit of a scrappy 1 0 win at York on Saturday. They needed Pacific to drop points on Saturday night at Forge. They and truly they obliged. obliged. <laughs> Big 3 1 win for Forge and a big 3-1 loss for Pacific there and it, it was weird Cavalry have been sitting watching that cheering on Forge and wanting Forge to win yeah yeah, yeah yes. but I mean it happened they did it and most of all absolutely delighted for Tommy he yeah. so deserves this he was under a lot of pressure at the end of last season I saw a lot of folks saying it was maybe time for him to move on we debated it on the show like had he taken them as far as he could and it's great to see that he, he's taking them even further. Yeah. He's got a new crop of players. They've bought in to what he's doing. There's players that's moved on that hadn't. We've heard little murmurs out of the camp. Players, Some players weren't happy with Tommy's style of coaching. I like it. It's old school. It's not for everyone I know. But if you've got the right players there that buy into what you're doing and play for you, this is what you get as an end result. Yeah, and like you and I, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but like you and I say, you always hear these murmurs, and they're always 
sorry. It's always disgruntled players. Yeah, yeah. it's always players who are not getting what they want. Well, yeah, because we've, we've heard it at Vancouver want. FC as well. You hear, yeah. And you speak to some it, players, it's like, oh, I don't like Afshin as a coach. Speak to others, oh, I love Afshin as the coach. Yeah, it's that's it's common, it's normal, and I think some of the so as the as we're growing the football culture, hopefully some of the some of some of the players who've chosen to express things or have people express things for them on certain social media platforms come to understand that that's also not uh, I don't know super professional. Yeah. Also, it's a the younger crop of players. It's also a different mentality from the older crop, and I'm I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's like in the old days we did this, and players are too soft now, and it's they need to man up and all that stuff. I mean, I totally believe that is the case, but I'm not going to sit here and say that. But you do have to deal with the younger generation a little bit differently mm, than some of the fair. older ones. But yeah. if you if you can get the young ones that buy into it and you've got the older ones and you've got that style, I think it can be successful. Yeah. Well, and, Michael, as someone who's worked with young people for the better part of the last two decades, yeah, you how you engage with them... 10, 15, 20 years ago is much different than how you engage with them now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I could be a youth coach. <laughs> I don't think you could. <laughs> be an interesting experiment. <laughs> we could film it for a, a YouTube no. documentary. <laughs> that's, how, that does not sound like a good idea. <laughs> how a podcaster got cancelled. <laughs> After one episode <laughs> of his new docudrama, <laughs> go in with your studs up. <laughs> Mommy, I learned new words and phrases today from Coach Michael. It's a C word he uses a lot. <laughs> Big time, Charlie. Um, but yeah, back to, back to cavalry. Back to this is, this is why our podcast lasts three hours. I get distracted very easily. Very pleased for cavalry. Yeah. Delighted they're going to be in the Champions Cup. And. I, I know they want to to lift it overall North Star Shield. Yeah. And I kind of want Pacific to do it. So Pacific are the other CPL team that's going to be in the Champions Cup. And we can get Champions League football in Vancouver and on the island. I think that would be tremendous. Wait, wait do, do, so did I hear you want Josh Hurd to lift the North Star Shield? <laughs> I know it's so, tor like, it's tormenting you. I, I <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> Forge and Pacific have both clinched playoff spots. Forge are currently in second on 42 points. Pacific two behind in third. Forge, two games left. Away to Halifax, home to Ottawa. Pacific at home to your lads, VFC, and then away to the Cavs. It's hard to see Pacific going to overtake Forge, I think. But, I mean, you never know. It's talks about the crazy MLS West. It's been a crazy CPL season oh, as well. It's been a really but, good one. Yeah, I think Pacific's got a tough job ahead of them, but certainly not impossible to to get there. It's unfortunate for them because this is not the first time we've seen this, and it's not just like uh, under no. James Merriman. Yeah. Under James Merriman, it's it seems like it's it's it doesn't matter who the coach is or the or even the players are that this kind of has happened to them multiple times. So you. No, I'm not saying I'm rooting for them to, you know, climb up and finish second or anything, but there's been a number of times where they've looked so great and going into a, uh, the cup at the end of the year and 
or what now will be a cup thing thank goodness um and then they like they just begin to stumble and they kind of um they like you know they limp into the into the the postseason and and kind of peter out as opposed to going in like the lions they were in the regular season and and uh you know obviously they had the one run that one year was crazy but i i feel like there's been a couple times where you're like 70 75 percent of the way through the season you're like yeah pacific is going to run away with this and it's like wait they finished third or fourth what mm, i know it, it, it's been tough down the stretch for them obviously they have lifted the championship once mm. the playoff format this year i mean we won't get too much intent to we know who's playing who when it was announced i said how much i liked it it's it's like the curling page format really so if things finished as they stood just now you would have Cavalry and Forge battling at Island to advance mm-hmm. straight to the final and then be hosting the final. Yeah. Fantastic. Great for them. The downside is they've got a two-week break then, whereas the other teams are keeping busy. And that can work in your favour. It can work against you. But obviously, winning one game, hosting the final, I mean, that, that's that's what you could want. Then fourth play fifth, third place the winner of that fourth fifth matchup the winner of that then plays the the second place team so crazy stuff could be ahead it has to be said in the in the running in, in the cpl but i'm here for it it's going to be very very entertaining yeah right now halifax sitting in fourth after a, another wild weekend in the cpl Cavalry's win at York meant that if Halifax beat Vancouver on Saturday, they'd clinch a playoff spot. At halftime, they had one foot in the playoffs. Massimo Ferran had given them a lead in the 42nd minute, a deserved lead as well. They dominated that, yeah, that yeah. first half. That, that's and they should have did... gone in a couple of goals up. Callum Irvin, actually yes. Callum Irvin came up with three, maybe four massive saves and he was given the Gatorade Man of the Match, I believe. Very uh, deservedly so. But um, I was going to say, yeah, I, I thought it, the goal actually was not one of their better chances. It looked almost like there was that w- one early on that Callum There was one like five right minutes in, I think. That, that was the one with his saved. right foot as yeah. he was leaning? Yeah, yeah, that one I thought was a dead certain a goal. Yeah, me too. Um, but th- th- I thought, I- I'm not saying Callum didn't do well, like the goal was his fault, but you just, it was so... It was kind of deflating because it felt like that we were withstanding the barrages that that Halifax were putting at us, and then it was like they scored with like not the, not even their best chance. I guess is, is yeah. one way to put it. I haven't uh, watched it back, but a lot of the players were yelling at Vasco Fry. Oh, uh, okay. So I don't know what break. I have I have watched it back, but I, I can't I can't remember. Yeah, it looked like it was Vasco they were they were yelling at, but go to the good. I'll be honest, I cheered. I was wanting Halifax to win that because I want Halifax to be in the playoffs. I'd love Halifax to be in the Champions League, actually. I think that would be also tremendous. Some Mexican team going to Halifax in a snowy February. But (laughs) the good luck charm that I am, my third game in person at Langley, and I'm 3-0. So as far as I'm concerned, Vancouver FC is undefeated this season. (laughs) Champions Cup, here we come. It it was some turnaround in the second half. And I 
I asked the Halifax guys after it, like, was it intentional that they wanted to sit back and soak up the pressure and just hang on to that one goal lead? Or was it that Vancouver just turned the tables and the game plan was they were meant to go for it? And whatever happened, they didn't follow their game plan and they just let Vancouver have all this possession. And full credit to Vancouver, that was such a different looking side in the oh, second man. 45 minutes. That was one of the best halves of football I've seen them play this year. Yeah, it was so good. The movement, uh, the yes. quick interplay, even the, the the first goal, just bang, bang, goal. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was it was reminiscent. I think it was I think it was the victory over Ottawa um, in the in the, the previous home match. I think it was where they they had spells that were like that as well. Uh, and both the goals came from great um, great passing, great movement, just like uh, clicking on all cylinders, like just so so um, so fluid and like just so you could see you could see it was like it was almost like watching them in practice like it was just everyone knew where everyone was going bang bang yes. bang 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 chance bang 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 goal and it was just like yeah just clicking clicking on all cylinders uh, it, and, and gabby batar gabby batar is on fire man he is and all if fun, anyone fun isn't a subscriber to our extra podcast three dollars oh, yeah. a month thirty dollars for the year you'll hear zach's interview with gabby batar and afshin before the valor game i say interview it was the pre-match call and you were the only person that was on it, which in itself is very worrying. Um, thanks for putting that out. Well, I felt bad. I, I thought I it was... Well, I put it out for a number of reasons. One, I thought the questions were excellent. It was a really good chat and it was a very good discussion with both Gabby and Afshin about the state of the club just now, the season, just their individual season in, in Gabby's case. And it needed to be heard by a wider audience. It's a thing, it's one of the reasons that we started the extra podcasts. Yeah. We go on these calls and the audio is never put out there. No, and but I like how, I know they've been doing this all year, but I like how it's always fun when, when because the club will put out a quote, you know, on a on a caption, a picture yes. on Instagram or whatever. And uh, it's always fun when I'm like, oh, that's a, that's in response to a question I asked. And of course, on that, that occasion, it was obviously yeah, anything that you saw from it. Because um, I, I, I overheard Caitlin was talking to Felipe yesterday and they were just chatting about stuff because Felipe was back from his trip to Greece and Caitlin was saying, oh, yeah, you, missed you, guys, you guys put that out as a podcast as well, which was good. And I was like, yeah, we did. Yeah. No, I appreciate you doing that because like, yeah. No, I, it was good though. Folks should I, listen I, to it. I haven't been on all of the, all the calls because partly because of when they ha they've been. Yeah, sometimes, I struggle with they're... it being on a Friday because it's Caitlin's day off, so I try well, not work on a Friday because it's I'm busy at the weekend, so it's our one day we can spend together. So we're often out at the well, times the, of the call. The, the and by Caitlin, I mean my wife, not <laughs> Caitlin White at Vancouver. <laughs> the worst ones for me are when the and they've had a number this year are Thursday at one o'clock because I have like a work meeting every Thursday at one o'clock, so I can't even like. Mm take my lunch late and like jump on it. Um, but, um, and I hadn't been on, I hadn't been on them in a, in a while actually. And it was just like at a, a kind of a perfect time. I was like, Oh yeah, I can do this. So I, I, I just went on and when it, when it started, I was like, Oh no. And then I was just like, cause, cause usually what happens, right. And you know, this 
is uh, I like let the you know if Alex is there from one soccer I don't I don't like get in there and try and raise my hand and be like oh can I go first because I have a question I don't want Alex to ask ask it first <laughs> I want to ask it I'm like Alex is you know the paid professional here he can he can he can ask whatever he wants and if it was what I wanted that's fine and I'll think of something I'll think of something else so it came on and was was like oh oh man I was just like okay and I and I had imagine a, if I, you hadn't gone on. As well. Well, that's what, yeah. Oh, and I, it I makes you wonder, wonder what other calls has there been yes. around the league that that's been the case? Because yes. post, post game on Saturday, we were talking about this before we were recording. Yeah. There was those of us, four of us in person that were at the game in the post game press conference, no one at all in Zoom. So yeah, no one from a, the CPL, no although Alex was there representing them, and no one from Halifax oh, for nice. what was a big game. So yeah, if Halifax had won, maybe some folk would have jumped on. But yeah. I, see, I find that concerning as well. And yeah. like genuinely concerning because you're wanting to build this. Yeah. And I I was very surprised there was no one on the Zoom. So so on that time where I was by myself, I just I was happy I had a, a sticky notepad and a pen with me and I just started writing out some questions some questions because I because usually I like listen to the other questions first and then would not go off of those but then like no know what i can't ask and whatever yeah um and then it was funny because in the next the next call before the next game before this last game alex was on the call and and i had left my i, I don't think i told you this i left my hand oh. up you know you got to raise your yeah. hand on, on zoom or whatever and so i had um you know raised my hand to let caitlin know i wanted to ask a question to it was rain and garcia and so i just left my hand my hand button up and then so an action came on Caitlin's like, oh, okay. So Zach left his hand up. We're gonna start with Zach. So I was, so I was like, no, no, Caitlin, it's okay. Alex should go. Oh, that's nice of you. Because <laughs> I felt, so, I felt, I felt so bad. Um, yeah. I, actually, just talking about VFC, Caitlin. I, when I was doing the UBC game on Saturday night, um, her brother Eric plays oh, for yeah. UBC. Was with the White Cats with WFC too, so I'd meant I would give a shout out to their dad Scott that had been messaging on Twitter and stuff, and and I said I spent a lovely, lovely afternoon with Eric's sister Caitlin out in Langley today, and I probably should have explained what I meant by that. <laughs> I saw you getting a lot of um, some Twitter appreciation because you're like, tell me if the stream's not working. Was that oh, the night? It was a nightmare on Friday because well, maybe it was Friday. the internet, we were at Kenwood's Field because it was yes. a big football game on at the stadium with over 7,000 folk there that yeah. was football. And the internet was blocked and the, we, we couldn't get broadcast. We missed the first 10 minutes of the game. So I, w I thought I was broadcasting and then one of the dads from McEwen was like, no one's able to watch it. The stream's not working. I went, well, we're broadcasting. And then, <laughs> like, is, is this working? Yeah. So you're like, please tell me if it's not working. And parents, uh, yeah, it sounded like parents yeah. were like, thank you for letting me see my my my, my kid play. Yeah. I, I, I love doing the, the college games and just watching the next generation stuff as well. And we're actually, the next extra podcast, which I oh, probably yeah. will bring out this week, actually, is going to be a college special. I've been doing lots of interviews with the UBC players after the game. And UBC at the moment, unbeaten on both the men and the women's side. The men are eight wins, two draws from their 10 games. The women, perfect 8-0. and oh. Nice. And playing some really, really nice stuff as well. And I know we're sidetracking from CPL, but I want to give a shout-out to Danny Steer, 
the UBC Thunderbird alumni, record breaker in Canada West. She went down to the A-League last year and was playing with Western United down there. Came back and played this summer League 1 BC. Just signed for Fenerbahce in Turkey. Oh, wow. Awesome. What an experience that will be in yeah. those Turkish fans. What, uh, um, sorry, again, so sidetrack question, but what percentage of those sides are playing for Nassimat? For, for UBC, yeah. Ba- basically, I would say 90% of Knots and Hots team is UBC players. And then Jesse um, added just some NCAA players that had came back. Oh, and the Indigenous ones as well. So maybe 85 to 90% okay. of Knots and Hots players are UBC players. From on the men and the women? Yes. Cool. But cool. then UBC had, like, the, there's some UBC players that live in Nanaimo. So they went to play for Harborside this yeah. past season. Some are from out east. Like they've got a rookie who's going to be in the podcast, Sarah Rollins. Don't think she's related to Dwayne. I should have asked her that. <laughs> but she is phenomenal. Like she's been playing the last two years as a 17 and 18 year old in League One Ontario. And she was voted the best under 18 player as a 17 year old last year. And oh, she's wow. playing against all these older players. So she's coming to Canada West in her rookie season, looking far from a rookie. Then wow. you've got Sofia Ferreira, who I think is only in her second year at UBC, is away just now with the Portuguese under-23 team. Oh. So there's some quality talent yeah. on UBC just now, cool. both on the men and the women's side. The men have got 12 Whitecaps alumni playing for them. So in the past, a lot of them would go down to NCAA. Right. I think COVID's changed a lot of that and folk are wanting to stay closer to home. And some of the football they're playing just now is just phenomenal. And they've got a, their striker just now, Sebastian Joukowsky, 13 goals from the 10 games so far. He's on record-breaking pace. And he's in his last year with UBC. He's applying to get his Polish passport and wants to go over to Europe. So if you can get out and watch some of these UBC games, highly recommend it. Fantastic team. Speaking of tangents, is COVID making a comeback? Looks like it might be. Hopefully not too, too bad football-wise. But yeah, it does. there does seem to be a variant hanging about. And I, and I know that's not what you had. And it's not what Har had either. But there's a lot of sickness going about. And a lot of kids seem to be off well, just now. So, Well, here's my concern. I, I, I literally just felt my throat was a little bit off. So I just took one of the home tests. But in my um, limited understanding of these things, I was just like, well, this home test I'm taking, like, would it would it be able to pick up new variants? Would it be? Able See, to... I don't know. And it's like that. That's the thing because all my, I mean, I'm pretty, my I'm tests sure, have all expired. I looked at the date the other day on them. Oh yeah, and, and this was so brief and so short and whatever. I'm pretty sure it's, it, that's not what I had in the obviously the test I took out of an abundance of precautions. Yeah. Like, no, but but um, by I asked that more for just like general. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's. Because I know the the flu vaccine this year, you can choose to have another booster shot for COVID with it. And I was oh. saying to Caitlin, I, I don't know, does, is that going to even protect against the new variants at, at this stage? So it's like it's, getting a booster that's not necessarily going to be... Don't, don't want to go all COVID conspiracy theories and no. anti-pharma here. Yeah. But we're not anti-farmers. We like everyone from Edmonton. <laughs> Which brings us back to our CPL chat. Because we haven't finished talking about the winning goal for Vancouver FC. Oh. It's gone down as an own goal to Daniel Nimick. It was, was it Hundle? It's Shan Hundle got the credit yeah. in the stadium, yeah. 
I had left the press box because I was desperate for a pee and I had to go pee before the, the post game. You didn't bring a bottle up with you? Well, I was going to do it. Folk would not know if it was rain or not from how high we are in the press box, <laughs> which incidentally, no one could use their laptop because the rain had flooded the, all the, oh, the seating yeah. area and stuff in the press box. Did you just bring, bring out like a, a chisel and a, and a stone tablet? or would Well, you... I, I like to write things down anyway. It drives right. Gideon nuts when we're doing the commentary because all my notes are handwritten. And he's trying to like take a look at something. He can't read my writing. Sometimes I can't read my writing either, which makes it even more difficult. But, I think that makes you that makes you a doctor. Mm. So you should be able to diagnose COVID. I always wanted to be a gynecologist. In many ways, I was when I worked in the bank. Moving on, I'd come down the stairs, and I saw it was a VFC break, so I ran up the the other stairs, and I managed to catch the goal at least. And wow, that was a wild celebration. Yeah. You can see, so uh, um, you can see how much it meant to them. And in the the, the pre-match press conference for this game that yeah. I was on with Alex, I asked Afshin, is it a priority? Like, or how big, how big is the, is the push, you know, for you as coaches, as staff, for the, the stewards of the club, for the, you know, everyone at the club to, to not finish bottom. He said, yeah, this is real. Like we do not want to finish bottom. It's a high priority for us to, to not be the, the worst club in our first season. Well, it looked almost certain that you wouldn't until a big win for Valor today that's kept it interesting. Yeah, but we're still ahead of them. Yes. On, on wins, I believe is the... Yeah, which I wasn't sure what the tiebreaker was, but after the win that you had midweek against Valor, obviously, I then yeah. worked out what the, what the tiebreaker was. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting battle down the stretch. I think VFC will not finish bottom. I think they'll take points off York in that last home game. I hope so. Not sure about Pacific next week, but I th- I think you'll yeah. finish in, in style. And this yeah. this was the first back-to-back wins of the season as well, so another first in the first season after beating Valor midweek. Yeah. Somewhat controversially, uh, as I mentioned to you, you've had a lot of refereeing decisions go against you this year, but you dodged a big bullet there as Anthony White handled the ball not just with one hand, but with both hands in the box, and somehow it wasn't given as a penalty. I think he played uh, volleyball at one point in his high school career. Mm. Um, but no, I mean, in all serious, I was talking to a friend about this uh, recently, and it was like, yeah, you know, we've lost at least 12 points to officiating this year. So to not have lot, or to maybe potentially uh, have, uh, I guess, gained two, in that Valor game, mm-hmm. uh, I I hope I feel no remorse. No, I I, I genuinely thought Phil DeSantis was going to be sacked on Thursday morning after that defeat, and but, I mean, but, he still might be at the end of the year. But yeah, like like I like I said to you as we were messaging about this, mm-hmm. I think it's a it's strictly a financial thing. Oh yeah, I, they cannot I, afford. Yeah, I think if they if his contract is. Uh, ends at the end of the season then that's when he will be, be departing the club the, there's no within the winnipeg football club who owns valor there's i think no margin for being able to say yeah let's get rid of this coach now because it'll help us in the last couple last game or two or whatever did, did so, i not see this week maybe it was last week the the valor owners saying like having a go at the crowd and saying, if you guys aren't going to come up and support the team and put money into the club, I'm going to stop putting money into the club. Paraphrasing a little bit. 
Well, there's been awkward things off and on all season about between the supporters of, of Valor and the stewards of their club. Well, I know there was the big Twitter storm before the TSS match where they were going back and forward. And then the TSS result then did not help issues in that regard. Yeah, and there was stuff that kept on going after that as well. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see the most recent thing that you're talking about, so I can't really comment on it. But it, yeah, I mean, that situation is not a good situation. and uh... No, and it's not great at York either. And it's like, if York don't make the playoffs this year... I mean, there's got to be a lot of questions about York's future as well, and that would be terrible for the league. But, I mean, the, the league's basically running. York just now is to try to find new owners. Yeah. And, like, the, the teams are, they're hemorrhaging money. And you can't keep having a situation where seven other clubs, I guess six other owners, really, because of the, the Pacific VFC ownership, are then paying for another club as well on top of that. It's not financially viable. It yeah. just can't continue. And because even because even just to state this like we always do, because even with the help that comes from the funds generated by the Canadian soccer business, yes, each of these owners are still losing significant amount of money. Yeah. But I I feel I'd like more to be made of that and get that out there. To that's kind of change the narrative a little yeah, bit. That's why I'm mentioning it. I, yeah. I well, I mean, we mention it a lot, and I think a lot of folk that listen to our show are very aware of that. Well, you're right, because I continue to see, uh, how shall I put this nicely, extremely uninformed comments from people who, do, who sh some who I understand why they're uninformed because they're not engaged in the community. But it's really frustrating when you see it from people who know better and who know the truth and yet still say things that are so uninformed or so against something that um, is a, is for all the other priorities that those individuals express. So um, we're going to continue to have that conversation uh, in these months and weeks, months, and potentially even years ahead. But um, yeah, anyways. I mean, I, Mark Noonan will obviously do a, a big Q&A before the, the CPL Championship game, so hopefully... Yeah. Some questions can get asked there about stuff as well. I hope to get to the championship game this year. It's probably unlikely due to like college commitments and, and stuff as well. But I mean, that would be another good reason. If Pacific can finish second, then beat Cavalry, then they'd be hosting, which would yeah. ma maybe make things a little bit easier. But back to Vancouver FC just quickly. They're looking a far better side than they did even six, eight weeks ago. Renan Garcia, I feel, has been a tremendous addition. I know he's he's 37 years old. I hope he's back next year. He, he's a player that you kind of need to have in this league. Because it, it's like you can have attractive young players. And if you've got the choice of an attractive young one or a more mature and experienced older one, we know what Wayne Rooney would pick. But Renan Garcia has also shown that you need these players in these CPL sides. I was wondering how you were in, where you were going with that for a minute. <laughs> I was as uh, well, mid, mid anecdote there, but there we go. But no, no I, um, I think Garcia has really helped turn this team around. Yeah, I think I think he's been a, a solid addition. And, and yeah, like you said, I would not be opposed to the idea of him being back next year. Obviously, you, you 
well, we know that the side will look considerably different last year um, and will be bolstered in uh, hopefully um, transformational ways. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, he's his contributions are not just the crossbar in his opening game and the assist in his opening game or the, his goal against cavalry. Um, he has been like, uh, kind of like almost like the glue that's come in to kind of hold them the center yeah. of the park together for them. And you, you can make fun of his age or whatever. The, the, he had a couple of years off and kind of basically was playing yeah. at a very low level and has come back and whatever. But when you see him or when you even talk, when you talk to him, I got a chance to talk to him on one of the calls recently. Yeah, he, he was he, nervous he, about doing that in English, but oh, apparently it went he, really well. He did great. Um, but yeah, you can you 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 can understand why uh, I think he is I think well liked within the team and how he uh, adds to the to the positive side of the community within the within the squad. The next extra podcast I do, I might actually do another Vancouver FC one because we had a good response to that and uh, maybe put in the, the Garcia chat and then I was gonna include some of the post-game stuff from this weekend as well. But it's a long show, so I think I'll maybe move that into the extra podcast as well, and we'll keep the college one to the following week. So just just, just can we talk briefly about a couple of things from from uh, from Sunday? Yeah. From Saturday, from sorry? From Saturday, yeah. Okay. One, one last thing I just want to say is, Afshin has a problem just now in that he's got so many good attacking players mm-hmm. that's to try and find the right formation to fit them all in. Yeah, because once again, TJ didn't even see the field. Oh, is he not away? Because he's got oh yeah, he was away. Up. He was away. Yeah, yeah he Which was away. Fantastic yeah. that yeah. call up. If anyone hadn't heard, he's been called up for the U seventeens, but that, two friendlies against Brazil, which puts him on the cusp of the World Cup squad as well. Yeah, and, and that goal against Valor. Yeah. Oh, so, what so a strike! Great. Yeah, that yeah. that was absolutely tremendous. Yeah, it, it's it's exciting times for, yeah. for him. Um, but I mean, there is a there is an issue in squeezing everyone in because like Kintavi yeah. didn't yeah. even start on Saturday either, but did change the game a bit when he came on. But yeah, what, what would you like to see? No, I just want to say it was this. So this was the because I, I think one of the issues for um, the continued growth of the of the club and the support for the club is the we've talked about it lots um is the, the there are i think pros and cons to the stadium and uh this was the first and, and we've been talking a lot about all the firsts mm-hmm. from this first year this is the first time where going to the stadium it was raining right the, yeah. the other time it rained it was like it rained around half or beginning of second half or whatever it was so you arrived and everything was dry and kind of a normal day and you're like, oh, I'm hoping that it will hold off and whatever. It, it was raining when I left, so I was expecting rain when I got Yes, there. same. Yeah, exactly. So, and I know for some people, I think that kept them away. Yeah. Um, it, it, they didn't announce also, the crowd that I heard. I did not hear a crowd. But announcement. it looked bad. Yeah, yeah. And then we also talked about how it was, it was not helpful for them that it was a Saturday mid afternoon kickoff when all uh yeah. all youth like, players youth are playing soccer's all are back, youth, all which I hadn't appreciated because I, I I I put a, a picture out five minutes before kickoff how empty it was. Now some folk were maybe sheltering out of the rain to kick off or whatever as well, but it was a poor crowd. I don't think yeah. it was in four figures. It was so poor. We 
none of the four or five people who can bang the drum better than me were in our section. Yeah, so your when I, when section I, looked the smallest I've seen it. It was. And so when I got there, I was like, uh, okay, I'll I'll play the drum. <laughs> I didn't Which even see you because I, I thought you were missing because I was trying to look for you. I used to yeah. hear you. No, because well. I, was standing, I was standing on the actual floor playing the drum. So that's why I popped my head in at the end and then I, I saw Kirk. I was like, oh, he must be here then. Yeah. But... Yeah, but but, I mean, but, but, but concerning all crowd, but I mean, we'll get into all this postseason. But a number of folk have said the club is just not promoting themselves enough to, to oh, the yeah. local community. There's always more you can do. I think even when things are going well, or sorry, if things were going better than they are, you you can always well that helps too. That. Um, but uh, no, uh, the one that I also just want to say, even though it was again small and wet and. Uh, not an attractive day to to be in an un, you know uncovered stand. Um, the it was fun just being together with, with people, enjoying a, a really good match of football, and then a, it, it it's it was also really great to have another another victory, and even yeah. the way it happened, and yeah, it was it was really great. And I, I had it was fun for me because I had some friends who I brought along, some people who had never been before, and all that kind of stuff. So it was that made it special as well. I'm looking forward to the like when we do our end of season VFC roundup because there's definitely players around the league that I feel they should be looking at for next year. And like even just have to look at the Halifax squad, Jake Ruby, Christian Capagna, like mm. those are two guys. Bring that in to solidify the defence, and you, you're looking at a whole different animal in, in that case. Also to chat about. The, the crowds and everything like that. So, I mean, if you're listening to this and if you haven't been to a Vancouver FC game, let us know why not and what would entice you to go along? What would you like to see? What would make you go and, and watch a, a game? And and can I add a caveat to yeah. that if people are willing? If you're whatever, tweeting Michael or emailing Michael or sending a carrier pigeon to Michael or whatever, um, it's helpful for us in the conversation or sorry, it's helpful for me in the, that conversation to know where you're from. Right? Yes. And, we, and don't just reply and say, Oh, it's cause called Vancouver and I'm from the Valley. That is what it is. Or, or vice versa. I'm from Vancouver and it's not in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd love that Swan guard, <laughs> but that's just me. Um, but no, like, cause we, we have people who come from North Vancouver to watch the games. We have people who come from Chilliwack Oof, to watch the games, trick. right? We have people who come from very far to watch to watch the games because they're they're passionate about. But it, it, in hearing people's constructive criticisms or frustrations, it would be really helpful to also know. Oh yeah, that's someone who lives, you know, down the street in Surrey or across the bridge of Maple Ridge or you know whatever. Yeah. That's the only reason I ask. I ask I mean, on the plus side, like low crowds, like Saturday meant I got there twenty minutes before kickoff and got parked right outside the the entrance gate. Yeah, but th that's the weird thing, Michael. Even on the, the days when it's been fullest, you can still – people. I think people don't know that you can park right – or they think it's player park. I don't know. Oh, what let's not tell them then. It's oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's can. keep – oh, and, 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 and sorry, just also say, uh, you, you, you were asking people, you know, if you haven't come to a game, why haven't you? Or, you know, share your thoughts. Um, you have two more opportunities to go watch a, a Vancouver FC game mm -hmm. this year. One is Saturday on the island for the final um, derby of the BC derby of the year against uh, Pacific. What time's kickoff? Uh, I want to say one o'clock. Oh, I, I want to I, see two, but... I'm going over the day before. 
So I don't know what time kickoff is off the top of my head. Um, and then obviously the following week is um, the following week, Friday, October 6th. I believe it's 7 p.m. kickoff is against York is the last home game. Oh, it's so, a Friday. Oh, opportunity. Yeah, it's a Friday. It's a Friday night game. That'll yeah, be the I, last. I, I will miss that. I'm pretty sure I'm commentating that night. I'm pretty sure I'm commentating every single weekend now in, in November. But yeah. If you do let us know, let us know on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Copy Zach in as well knows Zachary AM. But genuinely, we'd love to have these as discussion points just to, to bring it up. 2 p.m. is the Pacific game. And actually, 7.30 is the York United game on a Friday the 6th, ah. which, which will be helpful. Get along if you can. And if not, let us know why. And as I say, what would make it? And what kind of advertising do you feel the club should do to make an impact in the community as well? And we'll, we'll have a discussion with that. We'll have a sit down with Rob Friend as well and chat about a few things. Just to finish this part, finish the CPL chat, I just want to quickly talk about Halifax. They still need three points to secure a playoff spot. They've got Forge at home on Saturday massive game but then they've got Valor away which you would think would be easy but Valor's obviously fighting to the very end as well and don't want to finish bottom I still think Halifax have got enough points on the board now that I'll see them through the other little rankle for them is they are one of four clubs that still haven't hit their under 21 minutes yes and because of that they had to play a number of young players in that game on Saturday Patrice Geyser afterwards said, hey, it wasn't the young players that let us down. It was the more senior players that made the mistakes that let us down. So for anyone that doesn't know, clubs have to hit 2,000 under 21 minutes in a season. Halifax went into that game still needing 547 minutes from their three games remaining. I believe they got 270 in the, in the game on the weekend. Now, Patrice spoke very passionately about that because I asked him a question about it after the game but we'll do this in a future show but I just want to quickly touch on it just now Zach what's your thoughts on the rule because I, I don't like it and what Patrice basically said quickly paraphrasing is you're forcing teams to play players that it's not good for their development because as soon as they're older so many of those players then move on from the league. So they're only in the league because they have to get these token minutes. So how is that good for their development if you then move them on? And how is it good for clubs playing football when you're just having to give young guys, players, minutes that aren't ready? Personally, I'd either like to see a reduced amount of under 21 or make it under 23 minutes. Uh, you know what? I'm like, actually, I'm going to disagree on this because I think... It, it does shape things for your club, for sure, but it it actually should shape your shape things in such a way so that you are scouting and recruiting and signing players that are of those ages that are able to contribute that you know that you can you can develop and and that's really the ethos of uh, a significant ethos of, of what the league's about. You've seen um, six five sports do that at Pacific. Mm -hmm. uh, they've done that now in Vancouver. Uh, it's been done. Uh, to differing degrees th th throughout the league, and then, we, like you said, we've seen different clubs struggle with it. Um, you saw, I mean, you saw a, a significant trade in the middle of the season for the now title holders to bring in a young player who they thought could could 
perform for them, but also um, help them in this area. When when Mail Henri went to, mm-hmm. uh, went to to Cavalry, and we've seen him start a bunch that. So it is Henri and not Henry, because I had uh, the commentator say Henri, and I was like, "What? We've been calling uh, him Mail Henry this whole time." I'm sorry, I I, I can't remember. I th- I asked him once, and I think I can't. I think it's Henri, but um, anyways, um, uh. So no, I I don't think it. Sh- I personally don't think it should change. Um, I think uh, I think there should be more. Cl- uh, and this is I haven't done any follow up on this because I don't need to do it for for my football for my football club. But I think there should be better clarity in terms of com- or communication in terms of what the actual uh, consequences are. Because mm-hmm. I've heard like multiple people say multiple different things. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm I've sure heard points true. deductions, or I've heard people say playoff speed. Yeah, I've heard people yeah. say you can't participate in the playoffs if you're there, and that like that's significant. Hey, well, there's four teams that haven't done it. You might still be in the playoff mix. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, but anyways, so no, I I think it's actually a a good thing. Um, and it, it is to me, it's more a little bit awkward on a both on a football development side, but even also on a. F- Foot, if I can say it this way, which feels dirty saying it this way, but on a football business side as well, because I, I mean, part of what uh, again, six five has done is to have a projection, have a pathway for players where they're with their club, uh, previously just Pacific, now Pacific or Vancouver FC, where they have a kind of a, a pathway, a projection for how a player should develop and what that looks like for them, and then also for them as a club to. M- then move that player on to the the next level of their career, which benefits the player and ideally benefits the club, right? And so you look at with with I mean, there's not there's not we're dealing with a small sample size so far, obviously, right? But the Lucas McNaughton and even and and uh, even though it was didn't produce the finances, uh, the Caden Chung, you know, going to TFC from Pacific is significant. Um, uh, this this whenever. Uh, the league sells on a young player. It is significant for the the club. It's significant for the for the mm-hmm. league. And so, um, yeah, the I guess all that to say is you need to be recruiting young players who you know you can develop and you know who can actually contribute to your side. Yeah. So if, if but my, my counter so many... argument to that is it just makes the league a development league, and if you want to be seen as a top tier league in North America, like you don't think of USL the USL Championship as a development league. You think of it as the second tier in American soccer. Yeah, but here's the thing, Michael. Even uh, leagues as prominent and significant as Liga MX has had these kinds of regulations at some point. I don't, don't think they currently do or don't know what it currently looks like in, in their leagues because they know that it's the best for um, the de- development and the growth of the 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 sport in the country but also it is very helpful for them as clubs to be able to produce players that they can then sell which help uh, in the with all the financial realities of, of it all so I, I i i i um i'm not saying your concerns are not legitimate i just think they need to be balanced with these other elements in terms of developing yeah, players fair. and and the and the long-term financial realities right like the, the Lucas McNaughton thing, I can't, I can't tell you how, like how significant that, like that, that that is. I don't, I don't know all the the numbers, but don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But it was, it was very, very significant. Because then, did, did they get a sell on when he went to Nashville? 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I, I can check and ask about that. But I do I know. Mean, I'd, I'd like to ask a few folk around the league just in general about that because I, it was Patrice was on the same page as me and how we felt about it. So I'd like to get the likes of James's thoughts and Tommy and guys like that. But Patrice, remember, Patrice is the first year in the league. He's yeah. So he's coming out with fresh eyes as well, though. Yeah, but he's also coming with where he's dealing with a whole bunch of new realities because this is the first time he's at this level. Mm. And I and I say that with all due respect to Patrice. Oh, oh yeah. Because I've talked to people um, who know Patrice very well and think he's great and think he's a, a breath of fresh air within um, Canadian coaching or, and the CPL in general. Uh, so I, I have a lot of respect for him, even though I, I don't really know him. Um, but, uh, so I don't, I'm not trying to speak negatively of him. I'm just saying, I, 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 I think there's a bigger picture that this is a, a significant, a significant thing. You're right, Michael, long-term, like the big picture. Like, and when I say long-term, I mean, long-term in the sense of, Hey, the league long-term wants to have promotion relegation, you know, as well, like long-term. Yeah. Yes. Do, in 15, 20 years, do, is it, will this still be a part of the league? Yeah, maybe not because it'll get to a place where the the rea- the realities that are part of this or that are are significant to this will just be how clubs do things. They won't need the training wheels to say, "Hey, this is important. You need to do it." And so, um, yeah, maybe it won't be an issue in, in in down the road. But for now, I think it's uh, it's it's helpful, and and we. You're right. Though we have seen this year how it has impacted things, where you've seen club like like uh, we didn't talk about it, but uh, I said to hang out with people at the stadium this weekend. I said, um, and I think this might be an issue about about minutes for young players, so it might not be. So I apologize if it's not. But as soon as I saw, as soon as I saw the lineups for the Valor away game, and Yesley was not in goal, I was like, I'm pretty sure we're going to win this game. And I'm, I, I think that's why like, I know, like for York, right? That's why they brought in uh, the young Di Rosario keeper, right? It was because they not because uh, Nico's not quality; it's because they needed they minutes, so they brought him in on loan for a month or something and played him for four or five, four or five games yeah. to help them because well, they were one of the worst in the league. I mean, Valor are second in the the league with their minutes. The yeah. four clubs that are under the two thousand is Cavalry. Who now have a chance? They they've already clinched first, yeah. so it's like they can play their young guys for these remaining games and get these minutes easily. Forge to an extent as well. York doesn't really matter too much, maybe for them, although they are still battling for that playoff spot. And then Halifax have been worst of all. So, I last thing I'll say in this for now because I, I would like to have a big debate about this later on and get some other coaches and things views is. If you're wanting to get people to come and watch this league, I love this level. I love watching young players. That's why I I go and watch college. That's why I watch VMSL, everything like that. To me, I find it good. I find it exciting. I don't know that the appetite for that is there in big enough numbers to make it work to get attendances in. Because if people look at it as it's a young league, it's a development league, I think you will struggle to draw crowds, like even back in the Whitecaps USL days, they could easily get three and a half thousand to a game. Getting regularly over five thousand, my understanding is it was a, a bit of a hard sell sometimes for them. 
Yeah, these are, I think, a bit of apples and oranges comparison, though, Michael. You're talking about a club with, a, you know, decades of long history where they used to draw tens of thousands of people. Yeah, I'm just talking about, yeah. like, lower league well, and appetite for watching lower league. And the, the Whitecaps level in USL is better than what the CPL level is. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, but but I would say I would say also I don't I don't think things are at a place, Michael, where one most people know about this, about this rule. Well, yeah, right. So that I is, a, think, I, I guess, true. I don't. I don't think this is stopping anyone from coming to watch CPL in general and specifically for Vancouver FC. Um, uh, yeah, and I don't think I've talked to anyone who has come and been like, "Oh, this is a." This is a this is something that would keep me from like becoming a season ticket holder or engaging deeper or whatever, right? In fact, at Vancouver FC, and I think maybe some people on the island would have similar experiences, is it's like, you no, know, we like that our club is producing exciting young talented players and uh and we get to see them grow and then kind of like uh you know you and your fellow owners at tss right you get to you know that you're you're a part of this um larger football ecosystem where mm -hmm. you get to enjoy the you get this certain enjoyment out of seeing one of your own players continue to develop and progress and yeah you know once a rover always a rover i think is your saying yes, right and so, most of them are aged 23 to 28 so Maybe that's yeah. where I'm coming from. Yeah, it's like well, these yeah. guys aren't getting signed to CPL because they're deemed to be too old. Yeah, that's that is true. That is part of the issue. Well, that's probably uh, only that's part a whole of other issue. Like, let's let's just but, wrap but, this up. But but I will but I will say, look look like obviously this year maybe feels like a bit of an anomaly, but like it's been incredibly exciting having a player like TJ Tahid. Yes, you know, like uh, yeah, very Enjoy very enjoy him while you can. Yeah, before he joins the Whitecaps. I'll also say one of the, one last thing about about from Saturday. Uh, it was really really nice to have uh, just a few moments to catch up with Danielle Henry. Mm. Um, I uh, I have a lot of time for Danielle Henry. Uh, he was always uh, uh, really good and uh, to connect with when he was a, a white cap. Um, and uh, so I just got to yeah got to catch up with him after the game a little bit. Also he um, he gave he gave his kit from the match i think to one of the fanatics who uh there's a gentleman named logan who is in the wheel wheelchair accessible section which is behind the benches so i think he was oh, you know nice. having, some, having some banter with him so he danielle gave him his kit and signed it and whatever and um but yeah anyways it was really i didn't know that till later on but it was really really good just to catch up with danielle and hear what's going on in his life hear about um the journey he's on the struggles, the challenges, the excitements, the some of the joy, the some of the um, uh, yearning for what's next, and and all this, all that kind of stuff. It was it was really really good to see. Even though it was brief, it was really really good to see him. Well, that is it for the CPL chat. It's nearly it for the show. We're going to finish as always this episode's wavelength. If you're a new listener, wavelength is our section of the show. We play a song all about football by a band, by an artist, occasionally by clubs or by footballers. And we're going back to a band, an artist that we featured a lot. The artist goes under the name Armchair Loyal. 2021 album, All You Need Is In Love. Before I play this, Zach, question for you. Do you like your footballers with long hair or short? Uh, it doesn't matter. Hmm. 
we'll debate that a little bit more. Anyway, here is Armchair Loyal with From Mullets to Hulets. <laughs> In the cup for Tottingham Barry Venison and his mullet All the natty dreads of Brood Hullet Who stole a wig from Tina Turner Carlos Valderrama David Armstrong Smooth as a baby Robbie Savage Elegant lady Peter Beardsley's Pudding bowl Under every ponytail is an arsehole David Seaman And we should also be asking Do you like your footballers with long hair or with short? And we should also be asking Do you like your footballers with long hair with short. Ian Walker's parted curtains, all the highlights of Merson's. Is that Rod Stewart or Alan Bailey? Is that George Berry or an Isley brother? Johnny met God, had an island. The neat and tidy Barry Diamond. Colin West and his spandle wedge Jason Lee's pineapple on his head And we should also be asking Do you like your footballers with long hair or with short? And we should also be asking Do you like your footballers with long hair or with short? your footballers with long hair or with short? Do you like your footballers with long hair or with short? Do you like your footballers with long hair or with short? Do you like your footballers with long hair or with short? Do you like your footballers with long hair 
Armchair Loyal from Mullets to Hulets from 2021, their song all about footballers and hair and footballers' hairstyles. And the repeated line, do you like your footballers with long hair or short? Which, when I was putting this together earlier, because it was repeated so many times in the song, was driving Caitlin crazy. She doesn't like repetition. Surprised she stayed with me for this long, but she doesn't like repetition. But I, I, I think there needs to, to be more moustaches and beards in football. Really? Mm-hmm. Sam Aiello from UBC has got a nice big bushy beard this year, so I'm bigging him up every time he comes on the pitch. I'm against man bun still. Glad to see that that has left most of the teams I'm commentating for. I always called the players out when they had their man buns. But that is it for the show. That song as well, by the way, featured Hands Up by 70s disco band Ottawin. Good song. They also did the song D-I-S-C-O. D-I-S-C-O. Anyway, I'm waffling now. We need to wrap this up. It's turned into a three-hour show. I had this pegged at under two hours. I don't know what happens once we start recording. But before we go, Zach, any final thoughts from you? Anything fun caught your eye this week? Any shout-outs you want to give? Uh, yeah, I just want to say if you yeah, if you don't have plans this weekend, you want to come to the island um, and you want to support Vancouver FC uh, as they uh, look to vanquish the purple monster in their home, um, that'd be great. Uh, get in touch. Um, I think tickets are like 20 bucks or something uh, to the to the game itself. Um, and then if uh, if you're not doing anything on Friday, October 6th, and you want to come check out the last uh, Vancouver FC game of 2023, um, yeah, it'd be good times. Come hang out in Section N. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. All very good stuff. I, it's, good, it's good to see you again. I'm glad you had an awesome time away. Um, yeah, I loved it. Happy birthday to the Caitlin. Make sure you let her know I said that. I, I will. I'll tell her as well to vanquish the purple monster from her home. <laughs> Might have a slight misunderstanding about what we're talking about there. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to TSS player, Fugo Sagawa. Been a stalwart for TSS last couple of seasons. Also featured by York in the CPL back in 2019. A really talented player. Sadly, Broke his ankle and Fibia playing for BB5 in a VMSL game on Saturday afternoon. If I hadn't gone to the the Halifax game in Langley, I was going to go out to North Van for that one. Game was abandoned after 32 minutes so that Fugo could get treatment and taken to hospital. So wish Fugo all the very best. It's probably going to be a long road to recovery for the young lad. Really nice guy. So wish him all the very best for a speedy recovery. Speaking of re- speed recovers, we didn't talk about uh, Dada Luke. Oh, yeah. I tried to get... I looked at Ellie and I hadn't had an update on that. There was, If anyone hadn't seen it, it was a big collision in the Pacific Forge game. Dada Luke and I can't remember the Forge player, both taken to hospital. It's not often you see an ambulance on the pitch. And when you see that, you know, it's it's been quite a bad injury. I saw something from Pacific that insinuated that he... Uh, was recovering. Here, I'll read it to you. Our thoughts uh, and good wishes are oh, with... This was from last night, yeah. Yeah. 
both are in stable condition after a collision in today's yeah, match. Yeah, I haven't seen any update today. I was trying no. to find it. So, yeah, wish them all the very best as well. The third time Pacific this year has had a game stopped for a serious lengthy injury. Yes. One of yeah. them obviously being with Ali Ahmed in yes. that Canadian Championship game. It's like so tough for the players to, to deal with that. And, yeah, best thoughts to all of them. Thank you for being with us. We'll have another episode soon. I know this has been a bumper one, making up for lost time. I might even bring another one out later this week because I've got a couple of interviews in the work, both Whitecaps and CPL related. But until next time, give us a follow on Twitter, AFTN Canada, YouTube, youtube.com backslash AFTN Canada. Should be getting out to my first VMSL game of the season on Friday night, so looking forward to that. Got a free Friday off from commentary should be heading up to Surrey for a top of the table clash with BB5 and Inter should be a good one up at Newton kick off at 8.30 if you want to leave us a nice review and some ratings on wherever you listen to these podcasts that always helps out as well we'll be back with another one soon until then thanks for listening take care and as always mon the caps bye everybody Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.